Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Clunk. Clink. Oh, Blinky, can you not lift it because it's, it's too full? <laughs> oh, it's literally to the brim. I was like, you didn't raise it to the camera this time. And... Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I was really nervous because I was just like, martinis are basically just alcohol. Um, Spoiler, we're drinking martinis. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um... I was like, martinis are just alcohol, so like, I'm nervous about like what it's gonna taste like. Cause like, I can drink straight alcohol, but I don't very often unless it's like good whiskey. Uh, but this is delicious, and it's this not. Is, even... I mean, this is delicious. Like, I mean, you can definitely like martinis. You can like this is my first martini. You can taste the alcohol, but oh, yeah, not absolutely. in the way that you're like, Bleh, you yeah. Know, it doesn't. It doesn't even burn. Term. Indeed, it is. It's the scientific term. That is correct. Uh, yeah. So oh, there's gonna back. be trouble. You got trouble. Right here in River City. <laughs> okay. Another um, spoiler. Okay, let's just start off. Uh, how you doing, Raven? I am doing fantastic, Campbell. Don't want to hear it. Wow. Rude ass <laughs> bitch. Uh, I got a new bookshelf and everything this Ooh, week. Oh, you didn't send me pictures. How dare you? I will after this. Uh, they'll okay. be a little blurry because I'm drunk. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I got like a new, two new bookshelves. Like one's like a small set of like two that's just like for storage, like for games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other one's an actual real bookshelf. And it just looks so nice. And so now my room just like, it just looks so open and nice and like an adult's room. Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, it's nice. I'm uh, really excited. You turn 23 and you're like, I guess I should be an adult. Uh, yeah, it's gross. Mm-hmm. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, end of comment. What have you been listening to this week, Campbell? This week has been a rise against week. Let me tell you, Raven. I, <laughs> because, I mean, a lot of this week still really couldn't go outside. Um, we are recording this September 19th, 2020. I'm sure this is going to come out in 2021. Wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I don't know. I was, like, doing a lot of chores, a bunch of errands. Um... And, like, during the whole time, I was like, I need to get this done. So I needed to, like, 
kind of like pump myself up. And so what a better way to do that than listen to Rise Against on repeat for five days straight. Nice. What about you? I, this you, week, I've kind of just, I've kind of just, um, been listening to a hodgepodge of things here and there. A lot still of the Hamilton uh, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I did the other day, for like the first time ever, listen to my Discover Weekly on Spotify. And interestingly enough, basically the whole thing was songs um, or covers of songs from like Disney, DreamWorks, and like Pixar movies. Are you and I was surprised? Like, no, I was like, Spotify, you really got me nailed down. You really, you really know a girl. No. Um, but one of them was a song from Shrek the Musical, uh, which I have not seen. I have... And the... Do we need to do that? For the podcast? No, because this song made me afraid to ever watch Shrek the Musical. <laughs> it's called Forever, and I think it's supposed to be between, just based on the lyrics, I think it's supposed to be between Donkey and the Dragon. Um, and it was Wild. very aggressive in some places, and <laughs> but like sexually aggressive. Um, I mean, they canonically <laughs> had sex. So. Yes, I know, and it disturbed me. So I, I'm not sure that I want to watch that movie now. But other than that, my week has been, you know... Music-wise, has been pretty great. Um, Speaking so, of music, would indeed. you like to introduce what you chose for us to watch and drink and everything? I would very much because this musical for this week is The Music Man, um, which I chose uh, largely because it's one of those musicals that the music from it just routinely gets stuck in my head. Like, I've only seen it before this time. I've only seen it once in my life. But without fail, at least once a month, I will get one of the songs just stuck in my head randomly. Which Um, is interesting, because I have never seen it. However, I do know a lot of the songs from it, apparently, and mm -hmm. references to this. Sometimes, straight up, putting the entirety of one of the songs into an adult cartoon, which we will get into. Yes. <laughs> as a bit, which I is just so much funnier now. It wasn't their, like, playing off of it. I was like, no, they're doing the entire thing. Yes. Yeah, That's it's the the, just the song. Um, okay. But yeah, and, like, this was this is my dad's... I'm pretty sure my dad said this was his favorite musical when I was younger. This is also one of my dad's favorite musicals. Um, yeah. And his brother. Um, spoiler, they're both from Iowa. Oh. That does not surprise me. Um, But yeah, and so my dad like sat us down when I was a kid and had us all watch it. And I immediately loved it and just got all the music stuck in my head. So, you know, I figured it was, yeah, I figured it was a really good choice for this uh, And you know I'm a sucker for a marching band. I, mm, yes. Also, well, yes, you of course, because band. um, And and jazz band and marching band and everything else in the world because you're incredibly musically talented. And I hate you. Stop saying that. Um, I was just bored in high school. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so for this musical, I chose martinis for the drink. Um, no particular reason. I kind of just felt like drinking martinis, but also, um, here's the thing. Your girl doesn't have dry vermouth. So instead we're using sweet vermouth, which actually- You are, I'm not. Okay, that's because you're better than me, Campbell. Um, and so- I really like that it's a little off from the, like, traditional martini recipe because it's, like, it's almost a martini, but it's not. So it's, like, a little, it's a trickster, you know? It it tricks you into thinking it's a martini, but it's not a martini. And, like, any good trickster, you tell people when you're tricking them. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, yeah. Should we just get into it? You want to tell us some background? No, because I don't know any background. Raven, you chose. <laughs> you never do this. Because uh, never... I just always assume you'll do it. I do the composer. That's well known. Okay. So, The Music Man, the film, is based off of the Broadway play, which opened into, in 1957. It was a huge hit. In, like, the five years um, it was running, it had, like, over, like, 1,300 performances. Oh, wow. Um, and it's... And you'll talk about, like, I'm sure you'll talk about, like, the Tony Awards it won and, like, stuff like that later on. Are you planning? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. You just weren't responding to me, so that was, like, kind of rude. But basically, it's about this traveling salesman um, leaving Illinois because they don't want traveling salesmen in there anymore because they're up to no good. And he uh, finds his way into uh, River City, Iowa, um, based off of the composer, writer. He, like, based it off uh, uh, Mason City, Iowa is River City, um, where he tries to scam the entire town. And he does a very good job. Yes. So this film um, came out in 1962 then. Yeah. That's the last little bit. But like also, as opposed to like a lot of other musicals that we've done, which has like a lot more like um, historical significance, it's just like 1900s America. Oh, yeah. it's Which I think is both intentional and important. Because oh, yeah. it's just meant to be, you know, your standard run-of-the-mill small town. You know, nothing fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nothing fancy. Just drinking martinis. Indeed. <laughs> sip, sip, sip. Um, yeah, so from the literal beginning, literal opening Warner of Brothers, the movie. Uh, uh, opening credits. I love the way they presented the Warner Brothers logo. Oh, like, yeah. With the marching, well, fake marching band, with the little marching well, like band and everything. like yeah, it was it was really cool. I really liked it. And I was like, oh, that's a cool little bit to do for this uh, particular film. Yeah, so they, like, uh, we see, like, the marching band's, um, you know, patterns they march into, like, the drill. Um, yeah. That they do, which reminded me of, like, learning drill and, like, having our drill books. And we would, uh, each instrument would be a letter, and then within the instrument, like, your section, you would be a number. So it would just be oh. a bunch of printed out pages like grids of like a football field um and you would just like follow i was uh like usually like say like c1 clarinet one mm-hmm. um so you would just have in the corner it says like what measures or so you would see yourself to get to the next page in a certain amount of measures marching oh. like with your feet to like the beat at a certain tempo during that that makes a lot of sense because I always wondered how marching bands coordinated that, and mm-hmm. that just that does seem like the most logical approach. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and then, uh, okay, yeah. So for the opening scene, um, so we get into, or we we open on this train and we see a bunch of traveling salesmen all talking leaving, about, yeah, leaving Brighton, Illinois. We see yes. one of the traveling salesmen gets in the train. Um, and then, like, the police are, like, yelling at him. It was, like... Yeah, like, running him out of town. Yeah, it was, like, better not see another traveling salesman here ever again. Yeah. Um, and so then we get into a discussion happening on the train about, um, basically how it's getting a little harder to do their jobs because they keep getting run out of town and all this other stuff. And, um, one of them, 
I don't remember how long the discussion goes, but we get into the song Rock City, and yeah. one of the traveling salesmen is talking about um, a salesman named Howard Hill. Um, who it's Howard, right? Harold. Harold, so close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the traveling salesmen is talking about a salesman named Harold Hill, who basically has been conning people out of all their money and is the reason that their jobs are becoming so hard. Um, and so this entire song is more or less kind of introducing the story premise and mm-hmm. just talking about um, a little bit of what it's like to be a traveling salesman. And then this character, Harold Hill, um, that presumably is a con man. And I love the way this song is done. Oh yeah. Because, uh-huh. Yeah. So they're on a train and the entire rhythm of the song is like, chugga 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 and then like speeds up and slows how down many, as the train okay, does. i saw this on twitter how many chuggas does there need to be before chew chew 12 interesting i say eight some people are I I, like like uh chugga 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 chew chew if it works it fits it's too short um well some people on twitter they're like anything more than three is ridiculous and i was what maybe they meant three like segments of chuggas no they did not no they mm. typed it out um mm. and so like the general consensus um from the twitter folk um was it has to be at least multiple of fours yes preferably minimum eight I can I can understand eight. My preference is twelve, but I think it also depends on how fast you're doing the choo choo. Like I think with your eight, it was like the chugga 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 choo choo. I think that works, but I do the choo more like choo choo. So it works better with twelve. Yeah, but that just seems too long for me. It's like you're wasting everyone's time. Okay, Campbell, you are the king of commit to the bit, so I don't understand what your problem is. Yeah, but the bit has to be good, Raven. Wow, that's substance. that's just that's just hurtful. And sick. Anyway, oh, Raven, we're gonna get so drunk. <laughs> um, so this song, I am I'm also just really impressed by their ability physically to just sing this song clearly. Yeah, like the, listening. The, the cadence is really good. The cadence is so good, and then also yes, the enunciation along with the cadence, and it's it's very much a lot of that old like. 50s slang and 50s insults and different names and words for things and so it's it's a lot of hyphenated words and um i don't know i just found it really impressive that they're even able to do this clearly um yeah. a- along with a lot of the lines that we hear throughout this movie yeah i also want to point out point. their suitcases on top of the railings mm-hmm. on the train because um, they were little clues of, like what they were selling and stuff like that so one of them was um there were three that at least that i saw one of them was tri-city apothecary another one was hal's humor cure which i don't know why but it reminded me of wizards weasley's wizard wheezes then the third one was webster's dictionaries unabridged <laughs> and i was just like oh, that's clever i like that <laughs> i do like that one too <laughs> Uh, okay classic classic book humor (laughs) am i right (laughs) (laughs) um so then so we we yeah we find out that um hill he doesn't know his territory he doesn't understand he's like ruining it for all traveling salesmen yes he likes going around 
selling band instruments and they're like oh you can't be successful doing that how are you doing that that's ridiculous yeah no one's just um, gonna buy like 50 tubas you know yeah and he's like and like he teaches them that's ridiculous and they're like well here's the thing he doesn't even know how to read a note yeah he doesn't like, know one note from another yep yeah um but he so he but so he's like scamming these people and he's like living like a king um if you're like actually like living like a king i feel like you wouldn't have to be doing this a bunch no. Maybe it's the more of the thrill of it. Well, I think it was more just for compared to the average traveling salesman. Oh, okay. Because I feel like the average traveling salesman probably eats out a living. You know, you get by, you're okay, but you're not exactly yeah, wealthy. It's like the, it's like the um, bird um, alarm thing in the Flintstones. It's a living. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, Campbell. Indeed. Fantastic reference. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so they're saying all lot. these things about Howard Hill, or one particular salesman is saying all these things about how... Harold Hill. Um, Keep on doing that. I don't know why. Um, so one particular salesman is saying all these things about Harold Hill. Um, and then they arrive, the train arrives in River City. And we see a man get, get up who says, well, uh, what, I forget what he actually says. But he basically says, like, I'm Harold. This is my stop. I'm getting off here. Yes. And he gets off while... Um... At, like at a time so like the other people like can't get off or whatever yeah it's right as the train is starting to pull off again yeah yeah and they're like hey we never caught your name and he was like harold hill yeah has it on his uh briefcase professor yeah. harold hill um Prof. yeah and so so then he arrives in river city um and i love that he's trying to in go iowa in iowa which really bothered me yeah I just said there, a lot That's of the pronunciations in this movie deeply bothered me good um but yeah, I love how he's trying to go up to a bunch of different like farmers and stuff and and talk to them, and they're all just like, "Who are you? Get away from me!" <laughs> and just like straight up walk away from him. Um, oh, when he's getting off the name, the train, how they find out his name. Oh, sorry, I like wrote this down because I love this line. He was like, "Hey, I didn't catch your name," and he was like, "I didn't drop it." How? <laughs> oh Harold yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Don't yeah. I so, it. so he goes up to one of the farmers, and I really like this line because he says. Excuse me, sir, where can I find a good hotel? And the guy's like, try the Palmer House in Chicago. And it's like, sir, that is a whole state away. Um, why? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so funny. Um, it's like, yeah, what Like, what do you do around here? Mind our own business. Like, Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's just, like, not talking to him. Um, um, yeah, and so then yeah, we, we get into the, the song. Iowa Stubborn. Indeed. And this song is... Which, with having a lot of family from Iowa, no comment. Yeah, I have I have uh, one of my best friends from work uh, is from Iowa, and everything about the song, I was just like, you know, I only know one Iowan personally, but it's this is this is correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite line from this song is, um, "You can eat your fill of all the food you bring yourself." <laughs> it's like I mean, it's true. We don't fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we see, like, you know, an American then. American Gothic people. Oh, um, yeah. In this song, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and so basically this whole song is just about Iowans don't like outsiders. Um, they're not really going to accept you, and we are super stubborn even with each other. So yeah, when, when we don't see try like, to... how they like treat each other, these specific Iowans also don't like each other. Not just yeah. outsiders. They don't like insiders. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think one of the lines is we can uh, stand nose to nose for a week and still not see eye to eye. It's just like facts. No comment. <laughs> um, 
yeah, and so, yeah, so, uh, Harold is basically just sitting and, like, watching them, um, and then he's kind of walking around trying to, like, find a place to stay and stuff, um, and he goes oh, by... also, um, Harold Hill, played by, uh, Robert Preston, um, yes. who, like, had this role in the original, um, Broadway performance, um, fun fact, though, he wasn't, like, the first choice for the film. Oh, interesting, who was? Yeah, uh, Bing Crosby. I can see that. They, who, like, didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. Or, he, like, he was among the first ones considered, but it wasn't just, oh, it's going to be him. Yeah. That's no. fair. So, in this in this whole movie... who's also um, He's also a trained musician that, like, knows, like, several instruments. Robert? So, yeah. Oh, interesting. So this is, like, a really good fit for him. Yeah, that's really <laughs> funny, actually. Um, so, I don't know, I don't know if you got this vibe, but this entire movie he gave me a sort of like steve martin vibe oh yeah especially yeah i i just really enjoyed it because i was like oh i could see i could see steve martin playing this playing this character um yeah so harold is walking around town um and he goes into this sort of like stable carriage coach place um and he finds his friend named marcellus washburn when he first said hackett who Raven, voiced. I mean, he's been in like a million things. Yeah, his um, face was immediately but recognizable. But like the the more most important one, at least to me, and I know for you, he played Scuttle in The Little Mermaid. He voiced Scuttle. Are you oh. serious? Oh, that's yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Aww. Isn't that fun? That is great. That makes well, a lot sure, of sense. Like, I can hear the voice right would be now. like, "Is that who you're saying all Buddy Hackett is?" And it's like, you know what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, when he first I have, like, said, "Ten more credits for him." Just when really talking about them. Harold first said Marcellus for a split second. I really thought he was going to say Marcellus Wallace, and I was fully ready for this to just like go into Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I'm weird, Campbell. We established this. Yeah, yeah. Find out Harold's name is not Harold; it's uh, Gregory. Indeed, yeah. Because Mar- Marcellus just keeps calling him Greg the whole time. He's just like, no, no, no. In this town, I'm Harold Hill, and it's yeah. just like, hold up. Yeah. Um, I love, I love. Uh, his incredulity when he finds out that he's living in this town. He's just like, you mean you live in this town? He's like, Brooklyn, this isn't even Dubuque. And it's just like, that's, that's low. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is Iowa. So what you going to do? Um, yeah. So he basically lets him in on his whole plan about how, you know, now he's no longer on the steam on building because plot twist, someone actually invented them. Yeah. Um, so, jerk. Yeah, right? Um, so now he's back to doing the whole boy band con. Um, yeah, and so he's just like, oh yeah, you know, you gotta introduce me to the pianist, um, or the piano teacher, or whatever, whenever we find her, um, so I can get her hip to my plan. Um, well, so she doesn't get hip to the plan. Yes, so that she does not. Yeah, so I can I can trick her into not being... Yeah, the only someone... The only person with like the musical knowledge to like call bs on this whole fiasco um, yes yeah um and so then we cut over to the library and we see the mayor's wife uh well they, they actually see the mayor's wife walking by to the library and then we go over there um, um hermione jingled is that how you say her last name it's either jingled or gingled i'm not honestly sure which one yeah hermione um who is amazing in this role and it's so funny because she is someone who's so 
talented and mm-hmm. well trained in like singing and like acting and everything like that, and she's just acting a fool in you know all of those it, capacities. You know what it felt like? It felt like seeing Patty Lapone play Frank's mom when they're singing. <laughs> when they're singing, what's the song? Um, Don't go to sleep with a frown in your pocket. Yeah, um, and it's just like Patty Lapone. You're so much better than this, but I love that you're here. <laughs> yeah, and then when she sings, she like sings all nasally and bad, like on purpose. Yeah, which, which like, she does like, in this. I feel like it takes a special type of talent to be that talented and be able to purposely sing bad. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, but yeah, she's so, so we, talented. We see her marching into the library angry. in a huff. In a huff, because she gave the librarian. Um, well, they, well, um, Harold at first thought she was the librarian. The piano. Oh yeah, and he was like, "Well, I'll do it. So but I won't be happy about it." Yeah, and it was like, "Okay, dude, you suck." Oh yeah, no, he's a, a bad lot, person. He's a lot of an asshole and misogynist in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so she she marches into the library in a huff because the librarian gave her daughter a very inappropriate and perverted book. Um, and so she's talking about everything that's wrong with it. Um, and my thing is, so she's talking about like, oh yeah, the characters are drinking and all this other stuff. They're t- but she no, starts no, her fir- list. Yeah. <laughs> she starts her she was list like, with- They are having a picnic. And eating sandwiches. And it's just like, that's your problem? <laughs> yeah, you're eating with your hands. How dare you? Like, I get, I get the drinking thing. But you don't like sandwiches? I don't understand. Yeah, so talking to the librarian, um, Marion, uh, played by Shirley Jones herself, um, who's been in a million things, Oklahoma, Carousel. I mean, she was uh, Shirley Partridge in the Partridge family, but she was also um, Beatrice's mom in Over the Garden Wall. Oh! Yeah. Did not know that. Eat your dirt. I love these, like... Which, like, I mean, I think two other listeners are going to, like, know what that reference is, but... That's fair. I always love the obscure credits that an actor has, you know? Yeah. Um, Because I think it really fluffs out their resume. Um, Yeah, so then then we see Harold. uh, (laughs) So we see Harold talking to Marcellus again. Um, It's a little bit later in the day, and he's trying to figure out how to introduce his scam in the town. He's just like, I gotta, int- like, there has to be some sort of trouble. I have to convince them that their town and the community and the morality of everything is gonna go down the drain if they don't get their boys involved in this boy band. Um, and Marcellus is just like, well, the other day, a farmer brought in an egg that had three yolks in it. It was in the paper. <laughs> just like, oh, buddy. <laughs> well, shocked about the That's weather. a small town. When it's in season. <laughs> when it's season. I just love the lines in this movie. Um, also yeah. yeah so then they see um we, we, so just we, before this we saw a pool table being brought in yeah um to the billiard hall and so and he get starts into fear-mongering to the small american town otherwise known as a decline in our nation oh yes absolutely <laughs> um also am i the only idiot that thought billiards and pool were the same thing i thought so too Rachel. like i paused I, the I, I, when i like Google when billiards. i was watching this <laughs> i had no idea there was a difference and I was like, you know what? If anyone would know about this, it would be Raven for who knows what reason. And I didn't know. Honestly, Jonathan, of the two people we know. Of the people we know, Jonathan. Of oh, the two know. other people we know, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> um, who will be on this podcast eventually? Um, but yeah, so apparently Billiards is 
it uses more or less the same table and equipment, but it's just a different style of game. Like the objective is not the same as in pool. What's the objective um, of billiards? I so apparently billiards is an umbrella term for a collection of games that use those balls. Like they okay, use billiard then, balls and cue sticks. And then pool is specifically a billiard game in which the objective is to get the balls in the pockets and stuff like that, and you use the eight ball to win. But you can there's a there's a number of games that you can play with those balls, apparently. Yeah. Not that we do anymore. But um yeah, so then we get into the song You Got Trouble. And I this is my one hundred percent favorite song from this movie. It gets stuck in my head all the time because it's terrible, but it's also honestly impressive how well he manipulates them it's yeah yeah and i With love people the... like also people so like wound up it is not hard to manipulate them um or get them to a point where they can express outrage and feel justified for doing so yeah yeah and i love it all um... starts with a, a, a sip of medicinal wine <laughs> true also, yes, fear-mongering is the right word because I love the lines where he's like, oh, because uh, he's talking about like, the billiard hall and stuff. And he's like, and that I'm starts a with... guy. Yeah, and he's like, that <laughs> starts with B and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. And it's just like, you just made that up, sir. <laughs> like, you're making yeah. all this up. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and he's like, you are the right kind of parents. I, I can already tell that so obviously you see this too and they're like oh yeah, yeah. it's like do your kids ever say swell <gasps> <laughs> sirens in the distance <laughs> it, i love it like, it's all so like, so your old man which we should bring back i love 100 percent. i love because 50 I, slang yeah i mean it's like you know today's um like your mom yes um but i love how he's bringing up like basic things like the whole oh did your child come home with their pants cuffed below the knee and it's just like how dare you and like one of yeah. them turns to their son and it's just like bruh and just hits him um, <laughs> and then yeah these kids need to be kept busy because they'll be listening to ragtime i love ragtime ragtime is great music but back then yeah. it was like but jazz was like, and ragtime were really considered yeah. and, like i mean bad. it's the same thing as just like you know rock and roll is the devil's music which yeah just makes it cooler a um and that's my only point. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, so these kids need to be kept busy. Because an idle mind is the devil's playground. Again, true. Facts. Um, yeah, and so then near the end of the song, um, so he has them all like riled up. They're in a crowd around him. Um, he's just like, yeah, all your children are going to hell if you don't sign them up for bands immediately. Um, well, does then... he say band here? Um, or was it at the town hall the first time? I think it was at the town hall. But he does, he does at some point insinuate that music, the, the like getting them into like, like music. Or yeah, in some like after school activity to keep yeah. them from, um, you know, going down the wrong path in life. Indeed. Yeah, because he jumps from like playing pool to like uh, smoking and gambling and being homeless, basically. <laughs> just um, like, bruh. <laughs> which, I mean, you know. <laughs> can't well, no one can see our faces. <laughs> I that's fine. <laughs> um Yeah, so then um Marcellus signals to him like does the little piano signal to say, Hey, piano teacher's coming over and yeah, so then he starts like following her. And like trying to like flirt with her and he's and um he's like, Did I drop he's like, Nope, didn't see you drop anything. Did I meet you? Nope, never met nope. you before. <laughs> Only here for a short while. Good. <laughs> also, Not here... having it. Love it. <laughs> 
love it. Here's love the it. thing. So when I was a kid and I saw this, and I was like, oh, that's so cute. That's so romantic. Shut up. Um, that's so romantic. But now, as an adult woman who has been followed by men, it's like hella creepy watching this. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that I hate that a lot of I love rom coms like they're honestly my biggest like guilty pleasure. What's your, fav- what's your favorite rom com? <sighs> Probably I think the one I've seen the most is Twenty Seven Dresses like in a row. Yeah. I also there's also another one that I love that I can't think of for some reason that I've just watched multiple times. I also love Made in Manhattan. Yeah. I like oh Fever and Hitch. Pitch. Oh Fear Pitch is good. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so then. Well, what I was going to say was that I hate when romantic, one of the things I do hate about a lot of like rom-coms, like romantic movies, especially older ones, is that they perpetuate this trope of like, it's romantic when a guy follows you or won't take no for an answer or is persistent. And it's just like, if there is a mild amount of mutual interest, like if you are interested in him and you're like, if it's made clear that the woman is interested okay sure but in situations like this where it's like she has shown you zero interest you two are strangers there's no reason for you to be following her to our house it's just creepy well i will say this is obviously not better but in his case it's not to pursue her romantically it's to distract yes. her so he can make a bunch of money yeah, which is yes yes which is fair um also not good yes like you said but oh terrible. fair <laughs> um yeah so then now we're at uh her house Giving a piano um, lesson to um, Amaryllis, played by mm-hmm. uh, Monique Vermont. Sweet girl. Yes. And, um, yes, yeah, so we get into the song. And we, we meet her, um... Uh, her mother. Her, yeah, Pert Kelton. Who is very Irish. Who is so good. Um, and, like, she's she's Alice from The Honeymooners. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, the, you know The Honeymooners? Uh, like, she was the wife. I don't think like, I've ever seen uh, The Honeymooners. It's like, one of these days, straight to the moon. I'll show you a picture. <laughs> Raven, in one of the 30 Rock Live episodes, when they were, like, doing a sketch, and it was um, uh, Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin playing the Honeymooners, basically. Um, and they were talking about, like, how they're, like, going to, like, get a divorce. And then he starts, like, uh, choking Alec Baldwin. And she goes, no, take the bacon. The bacon grease will, <laughs> um, um, like, on a, like, smooth your arteries or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? He's having like a heart I, attack. I do know the sketch you're talking about. From okay, the and there, it's like very, it's like black and white. Mm-hmm. What they're parodying is the honeymooners. Gotcha. And so, still never seen it. Pert Kelton was Alice. Cool. That's awesome. I'm happy for her. I'm. I'm. I was gonna like look it up, and I was like, wait a second. I know. <laughs> I I have the correct reference that <laughs> will speak to her. Um, how do I reach these kids? Um, <laughs> Cut them up and feed them to the dogs. I don't care. <laughs> no, slit like, slit his throat lemons. and feed them to the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with you? It's like, ah, man, Many I don't know, a lot. <laughs> okay, so they're like at the um, piano lesson. Um, so the piano lesson, and then which moves into the song, if you don't mind my saying so. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically just her and her mom like dissing each other. Yeah, to the um, piano warm-ups that Amaryllis is playing. Yes. Which is, it's really cool. I like the way they do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically her mom is telling her, hey, uh, I saw that man following you. He kind of cute and you need a man. So what you doing about that? 
Yeah, and then um, we find out that uh, Marion's just like, this place sucks. I was put yep. in charge of the library to, like, keep and progress culture in this town. I don't got time for anything else. Yeah. I have a lot of work to do, obviously. <laughs> and she's just like, I care about, you know, great men like Chaucer and Shakespeare and literature and all types of stuff. And her mom's just like, that's great. Still not going to get you a man. <laughs> and also, no one here is going to listen to you because you're single. I'm taking advice from a single woman. Ha, <laughs> scoff. <laughs> Why, why did you scoff and then say the word scoff? <laughs> I don't know. Comedic effect. I told you I'm so, a weird mood today. You're so, so weird. Okay. Um, you laughed. <laughs> I did laugh. You're correct. Um, yeah. And so then. Uh, yeah. And then. Um, so the little stops, girl. It was like, hey, can I get a drink of water? He stops. Like, he's like, can I get like something to drink? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you? What do we say? May I? Um, Still bothers me this day. I love saying. If you like doing that to someone, ask me something with can. Can you be, pass me a pencil? I don't know. Can I? Then you would say. Oh, that doesn't work because I actually would use can. No, no. Just like, just continue on. Well, do I say may I? I'm yeah. confused. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was clear the progression <laughs> of this. Let's start over. Gotta keep all of this in here. <laughs> ask me a question. Can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can you? May I go to the bathroom? Oh, no, may you? <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're so annoying. It's so... Fr- it makes people so mad. <laughs> like, unreasonably. It's great. Use it. Highly you're recommend. Right. Um, yeah, so I, then... I'm glad that was worth it. <laughs> so, the little girl uh, goes outside to get a drink of water from the, like, little spigot in the ground. And who comes through? Why... The little Ron Howard. Little Ron Howard. Winthrop. Opie. Ugh, I mean, which is my favorite role of his, as it should be everyone's. Uh, no, nah, I mean, like as the narrator and also himself in Arrested Development, I think that's my favorite role of his. That's but fair. also him directing things like you know, Beautiful Mind, Splash, Cocoon, um, Parenthood. You know, the, just those fair enough minor things. I just um, really love the Andy Griffith show. I mean, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. So that's uh, find out that's uh, Marion's younger brother. Who has a lisp and is very embarrassed about it, so he doesn't talk a lot. Um, so then Miss Peru takes him away. And so then the little girl is talking to uh, Marion. And she was like, oh, if he doesn't like me, who am I supposed to like pray to, I guess is what they're doing. It was weird, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I don't want to be an old, dusty <laughs> motherfucker like you. <laughs> And, and Marion like, is just like, <laughs> um, excuse me, young child that I can easily murder. Like Marion's, Marion's like twenty six, which I understand for the times. Yeah, like a lot of women would have been married by or around that time, but it's still like it's still relatively young. Two, it's like first of all rude. Second of all, girl, you're ten. Like sit down. <laughs> yeah, know your place, child. Oh my gosh. That made, that made me, like, upset for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we get to the song, song Good, Good Night, Night My, my Someone. Song. Yeah. Which is, I think it's a pretty good song. I think it's really cute. Which um, is, so this is, fun fact, it is the same melody of 76 trombones. That's just slower. Oh. I didn't recognize that. 
Yeah. Hmm, that's really cool. But yeah, I, I, so this is another song like, if you don't mind my saying so, where the little girl is playing a simple melody on the piano and then that becomes like the melody in the backing for the song. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, one of the things I love and I'm so mesmerized by when I hear music from around this time period is the way their voices sound. Because obviously part of it is the audio recording quality that they had, like the physical, I guess, effect or tone of the sound. Um, and some part is because of the audio recording that they had. But also just like the way her voice sounds, like her singing voice and everything, it just has a very specific tone to it that yeah. a lot of singers had at that time. And I'm always amazed and kind of confused as to how they get their voices to sound like that because i don't like no one sings like that anymore you know except yeah. other old people so right. yeah but i would i would love to hear her sing um like once upon a dream from sleeping beauty yeah i feel like that would be so beautiful yeah so then a scene fades out and we go to river city high school where a mm -hmm. town hall is going or starting and I love that. Okay, so we open up and we see everyone's in the town hall. Like everyone's kind of getting settled. It hasn't really started yet. And um, there's a piano player in the back. That's Ethel Ethel Toffemeyer, who is yeah. Marcellus Wallace's by, uh, uh, girlfriend, wife, uh, Peggy Mondo, who was a part of the original Broadway cast. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Also, she was not playing the piano. Um, but the thing that confuses me is that. Um, so it's one thing when the person is not actually playing the instrument, they're just like aping it. Um, but then you hear the music sound, but if you watched, you could see two things very clearly. One, her hands were not on the keys Two, the keys were still being depressed as if the piano was being played. And it really bothered me. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. So she was more so the person in charge of sitting there with it. Yes. Yes. Instead of, like, you know, the actual pianist in the town. <laughs> Who they don't like. It's a very, like, bell like. situation. It's really weird, yeah. Yeah, so then, so we get into, um, it's really funny. So the mayor is trying to do this whole speech. Who um, was technically in the original Broadway uh, um, cast, but replaced the guy who played the mayor. Because originally it was, hmm. um, uh, what was his name? David something brass, David Brass, Ferris, something like that. Um, oh. But he's pretty good. I liked him. Cool. In this movie. Yeah, so he tries cannot to give get, the Gettysburg address. Cannot. Just can't. Like five times. It was like in the Barbie episode and we kept saying, so there were three muses. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're doing this whole... Um, they're doing this whole like, presentation. I forget what exactly is happening at this point, but they're doing this whole presentation and everything. And we see that Mrs. Shin is going to give a presentation with some of the, well, she's going to give a presentation supposedly with a contingent of a local Native American tribe. Um, and they come out and it is not that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and she was, like, in the traditional counting or whatever, and what she's saying is, like, a variant of, like, sheep herding counting. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, and but the hero of the story seizes this racism and injustice <laughs> and tries to put a firework in her pants. But, yeah. <laughs> I, after the scene... Which I was thing... like, Tommy, 
you th- how do you think you're going to get away from, with this? There is you're not being coy you. about yeah it's and obviously they like not necessarily like like musician, but they want to be on our good side. Yeah, the only thing I wrote down about that was like the Played by level, Timmy Everett Tommy. Like, there are no words for the level of cultural appropriation that my eyes just witnessed. <laughs> well, I'm glad it was stopped immediately, so. Yes. Um, um, yeah, so and then, so she, like, acts like she got shot, and she's, like, taken away. Well, to be fair, she was standing next to, like, a five-year-old holding a very large rifle. That's true. So, with the bayonet on the end. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I, I understand her fear. But yeah, so she, they run out and run to the back, um... Yeah, I was and, like, good job stopping that in my notes. Yeah. Mrs. Shin. That was ridiculous. Dramatic pause. Will recover. <laughs> and then just an audible <laughs> sigh and applause. Yeah. Um, and I forget what he was announcing to say this, but at some point he says, um, he pronounces Pompeii as Pompeii, and I was uh, offended. You know that Bastille song? <laughs> <laughs> that Bastille song. I just don't understand. Um... Um, yeah, so then um, and then at some point they get into a rage about the whole pool thing again. Oh, yeah, because um, I keep on wanting to say Howard. Um, Harold. You're welcome. Um, like, whisper, says something, and it was like, he's like about to start talking, and was like, and what about the pool table? And some random oh, yeah. eye wins. Just like, yeah, the pool table. Screaming. And then and he, he just starts like shouting things from behind the band. Like, he starts saying things to Marcellus to, yeah. to shout at, yeah, during the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really and cool. Like, it's one the, of the old times that band actually works. The school board was going to perform, but they hate each other. They're no longer speaking to each other anymore. Yeah. Um, the school board being played by um, the very famous barbershop quartet, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, Bills who um, are so talented and amazing. Yeah, who, I mean, they were also um, in the Broadway production. Um, yeah. Buffalo Bills, Vern Reed, um, Al Shea, Wayne Ward, and Bill Spagenberg. Um, I mean, there's, like, members that have, like, come and gone, but, like, in the movie, here are the four members Yeah, um, playing the school board. Yeah, so uh, the parents are uh, all in a fit, in a hussy. They're all in a tizzy. A tizzy. Indeed. Thank you. Um, and so then Hill jumps out, now with his jacket changed, looking like a bit of a rundown, but a band leader. Um, and he gets up on stage and is like, oh yeah, don't worry, um, I have the way to fix all of this, you know, we're going to form a boy band. Let's and protect our children. Let's protect our children. Um and so we get into the song 76 Trombones, which is great, and I love it. Yeah, 76 Trombones and 110 Cornets, over a thousand reeds. I wrote down, um, bassoons! Exclamation point! Because <laughs> <laughs> someone remembered that you exist? I mean, bassoons are a very well-known instrument for, mm-hmm. um, period. They're a well-known instrument. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything. Well, I did say mm-hmm, but that was it. No. You can continue. No, that, I said period. That was it. Bassoons are well known. Um, okay, yeah. So seventy six trombones. These kids are wild. They're like oh, yes. just talking about how it's like, yeah, we need to like get our kids under control. Breaks out into dance, and then Tommy, um, really, that's he's he's shining. That is his. He's really feeling himself, and I'm proud of him. Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, they're just dancing all over the place. He immediately gets them in a march. It is, um, like, flash mob meets mm-hmm. majorettes. Yeah. And, and then when they're leaving, I did note that um, he does have a nice shako and plume. He does have a nice what? Shako and plume. I know what a plume is. What is the other thing that you said? Shako, it's the hat. Is that not the thing that has the plume? It is. But you put the plume in it. They're not attached. Oh. Interesting. Oh, like some are, but like the ones, like we did have Shakos. A lot of people also have like, you know, those like Cavalier hats or like helmets or things Mm -hmm. like that. But our school, we had Shakos. And then we would, there's a box of these like black and silver plumes that we would just take out and put in our Shakos. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. The more you know. Um, yeah, so oh, basically and then just... it's so funny. Um, the mayor's talking to the school board, and they're just so proud. They're, like, so proud. They're, like, we have a band. They're so, oh, yeah. like, they're like, I'm so proud of them, blah, 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 blah. And then Mary comes over and is, like, what band? There is <laughs> What are you a talking band. about? But they're just, uh, like, so um, enthralled and captivated with the idea of having one. They're, like, our town. Best band in Iowa. Yeah. And they just like, I don't think Evansville or whatever it is, like has a, has a band. Have a band. Like, like no one like else has a band. We, we have the best band. And Marion, Marion is the only person in the town that has any amount of sense. Um, and she's yeah. like, what is wrong with you? She was like, there's no band. What, what are you <laughs> He's talking done about? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. He said, hey, this should be a cool thing. And then all your children just started acting wild and marching together. <laughs> And you're just All like, I'm so proud of them. Possessed by I always the demon knew. of music. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. then, yeah, um, Harold then talking to them, and they're like, we want to know your credentials, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I got credentials. Um, and then Tom, they bring Tommy up, the constable does. Uh, constable Locke, played by Charles Lane, who was also the rent collector in It's a Wonderful Life, fun fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Harold's like, let me take care of this. I'll, I'll deal with him. I think the mayor leaves at this point. So it's just like the school board, um, and Harold. And he was like, yes. I know how to get him out of trouble. Put, sets him up with a date. Yeah. Which Harold's just like, uh, I hate this kid. He needs to stay away from my daughter. My eldest daughter, he keeps on saying. But we don't know about any of his other kids. Um, nope. They're not important. No, obviously not. And so ends up. We see this one young girl and group of girls going to the library, and Susan Lucky um, plays this uh, young girl um, that who he sets up with. They leave, and then one and he of the just kind of like yells at her to come over. Yeah, and she was just like, "Oh, little me," and I was like, "Weird." Um, <laughs> and she she giggles a lot, and she says, "Ye gods," which is very weird i don't know if that's like if that was slang at the time i it's not a lot like egads but just wrong like egod um yeah i don't know i don't know i chose to ignore it um fair enough and so they like go off to like the candy shop and then the school board's like oh by the way that's uh the marriage's eldest daughter that she was like he better not be around that's zanita fun fact though um in the movie uh carousel she did play shirley jones's daughter in it oh so this is like something else they were in together yeah that's and awesome. she's uh like by trade she was a classically trained dancer oh that's really cool yeah i'm always really amazed by when people just have so many different well i, mean, I guess they're all in the realm of like entertaining but still once people have so many different like, talents and skills what irons in the fire 
Oh, yes. I know that's, like, not really, like, the correct way to use that phrase. It is not. It's relevant. Nope. It fit. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. In no way it fit. Nope. You gonna die on this hill, Raven? (laughs) Nah. Um, yes, then we're over at Madison Park, and... Oh, we, we did find out, um... That like is getting Tommy involved with the band. He was oh, like, you yes. know about like about like perpetual motion. He was like, yeah, I think I had it a few times, um, and which is wild. So he is given the task to make something so that like the flutes can like look at music. So a lie, yeah, is what he's tasked in inventing. Um, which <laughs> um, I think I have one somewhere. Is it I, is it pronounced liar? Because I always thought it was liar. I thought it was liar. I could be wrong. R-E. That's, I'm probably wrong. Um, yeah. It says the Which guy I who, thought... mis, like, mispronounces everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, now, um, we're at the, yeah, like, in the park, the fireworks special, um, and they're like, we definitely gonna need to see, like, see your credentials, and it's like, I'll show you some credentials. Goes to one of the school board members. Mm-hmm. And was like, and just teaches him to sing. He's like, I've never sang a day of my life. Um, He's like, singing is just sustained talking. It's just like, it is, but also no, it's not. I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, it worked. To the <laughs> it other, did. Like, because the, he's already you know, a talented singer. <laughs> the world champion. Like, they like won the like world champions of, like, yeah. for like, barbershop quartets in 1950, I believe. Yeah. Um, or 1951. I think Wild. it was 1950. Um, but yeah, and so then he realizes that all of them have very different, uh, pitches of speaking voice. So he makes them into a barbershop quartet and it's beautiful. Yeah. So they sing, uh, sincere. And it's so good. I really think barbershop quartets are like the best type of acapella. I really like them. So the next note that I have is, um. Sin and sincere. (laughs) Good and good. No. Although I do really like that note. Uh, or I do really like that line. Um, no, the next note I have is about Marion schooling somebody. Oh, yeah. But I don't remember um, what happens. Yeah, and then... Oh, yeah, because when he, like, gets them singing sincere, he's, like, speaking over it, like, the lyrics. That's right. So he's trying to flirt with Marion now. Um, oh, and once again, and she's they just, like, like not what he it. asks her is super creepy. I don't suppose you live alone. What a wild thing to ask. Why do you need to know that? Uh, and he was also like, I got candy. Come with me. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> uh. Literal kidnapper's line. Um, oh, yeah. And then she's basically just like, oh, yeah. Where do they give degrees? Like, where did you get your doctorate in being a fuckboy? Is basically <laughs> what she says. Oh, yeah. That and that was the line that I wrote that about. I was like, Marion just fucking schooled this guy. And oh, I yeah. love it. Schooling the professor. Um, um, and so then we, we cut to, um... He's going around town trying to recruit these kids. Tr- yeah, like, trying to get all the parents uh, to and the sign twins. up. And it's like, sing this note. Um, and then they, like, don't, both of them. And, and he tells the mom, it's like, wow, they have perfect pitch. And the mom was like, like, those boys do not have perfect pitch. Yeah, that, like, that, was, that, that was the joke. That was the biggest scam of, I think, I think that was the biggest lie of all the ones he told. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, um, others, like trying to um they can't read notes or anything and he's like don't bother with notes yeah he was like he was like you don't um he was like you don't need notes uh someday reading music is going to be absolutely obsolete and i was just like uh doubt no <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you last time we recorded. What? Because I was bad at it? Because you said you physically could not read the music. Oh. Well, that's just because I was drunk. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that was the music's fault. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and then we get to uh, the uh, mayor's wife. Um, and he's trying to get good with, like, their posse, who I mm-hmm. love. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so their posse. How many are there? There's, like, four of them. A bunch. Five, five of Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, some of them. Um, so we already saw Peggy. Um, then we have Mrs. Uh, Squires, who plays by played by Mary Wicks. Sarah Seeger, played by, uh, no, Maud, played by Sarah Seeger. Um, but Mary Wicks, I really liked because I recognized her because she was Sister Mary Lazarus from Sister Acts 1 and 2. Oh. And she was also in White Christmas. Um, she played Laverne in the, she voiced Laverne in Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame. Um, gross. <laughs> yeah. So they're, basically he's like impressing them. Um, and then like, she like rolls her like ankle because she has like a bunion or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's like, do that again. He's like, you such perfect, elegant rhythm. A, a natural grace. The expression of movement. And she's like, expression <laughs> of movement? <laughs> Why, my stars. <laughs> also, I know you haven't seen Les Mis yet, because I'm going to make you. No. But at one point, one of them says, I'm a gog. And the only thing that we think of was there's a song in Les Mis where one of the characters says... I am a gog, I am a ghast, is Marius at love at last. I've never heard him, ooh, and no. And like, every time, every time I hear the song, I'm always like, why did you sing it that way? You didn't have, I'm sure no one told you to sing it that way. Like, you yeah. didn't need to do that. I'm glad they did. Um, <laughs> and so, like, convinces the mayor's wife to lead, like, the girls' auxiliary to, like, for, like, dance for the band. Um... And then he was like, now I just need to talk to the piano dude, the librarian. And they're like, Marion, she sucks ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just immediately start shitting on her. Yeah, and they get to pick a little, talk a little, which um, is very much, um, you know, a gossiping song. Um, and it's, you hear the really, like, quick, like, fiddle-like playing in the background whenever these women are together. And, like, the beginning of the scene, you do see, like, a bunch of, like, chickens around. Yeah, and you can hear them, like, pecking along with, like, the song and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. This is uh, my second favorite song um, in this movie, especially towards the end of it when the, like, men join in. Yeah, um, goodnight, ladies. Yeah, and it's just, it's a really cool, just, like, back and forth duet. Yeah, and then we find out there's a rumor going around that a miser Madison um, died and left the library, um to the city but the books to marion so obviously mm-hmm. she was sleeping with him obviously she was sleeping with him because yeah. there's no other possible explanation for why a man would be so kind to her yeah so um yes yeah, so and they're singing and they're kind of starting to walk away and then the uh, now newly formed barbershop quartet um walks up and they're talking to Hill, and they're just like, oh, yeah, we really do need to see your credentials. Like, it's actually important, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, By the way, let's say goodnight to the ladies. And then he, like, starts a melody. And, of course, they have to start singing and join in. 
Um, oh, and yeah, so then it becomes like a back and forth between them and the women. Um, and he'll just kind of like slides out the back into one of the barns. Um, I actually think it's into the rig shop, like the carriage coach shop or yeah. whatever it is. Drink, 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 drink. Shots, 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 shots. Everybody. We're not doing shots. We're going to make another martini. Okay. Yeah, we'll save shots for another episode. By the way, we're never doing that. (laughs) No. That would be terrible. Um, uh, Cheers! (laughs) Cheers. Why are you so (laughs) weird? What do you mean? Raven, look. Hold on. I just put my drink down. What do you mean? (laughs) It would be better without the background. (laughs) So, So. A needle pulling thread. (laughs) <laughs> so oh. he'll <laughs> do you nice. did it take you it took me a second yes you're you're like nice cool ignoring your bullshit let's <laughs> let's try to get this done campbell um yeah so so we saw hill disappear or slide back into a barn as one does not a barn into the stables rig coach carriage shop whatever um hat, carriage what is it called it's like a hat coach the I don't like know the, open the words top. you're saying. It's, it's something. It's like hack something for like the type of coach that they have. That's like the open top and very I, simple I, for like I, your I, average person. You're talking to me like I would ever know the words. Is it hackney? I, I forget. Anyway, I'm terrible. If anyone who is listening to this ever in the future for some reason knows the word that I'm looking for, because I don't feel like googling it, um, comment in our on comment our Instagram it. Post. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so. He's in the rig area, and he's talking to Marcellus Wallace, and we see the little girl come in, um, and she's like, oh, can I pet your horses and play with them and stuff, because I'm a little girl and I love Mm -hmm. ponies. Um, And he's like, sure. And then they start talking about women. And he's like, let me set you up. (laughs) Ethel has a friend. It'll be great. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, no, no. I don't go for that, you know nice, modest, Pious. innocent, <laughs> loves and respects herself type of woman. Um, I go for the sadder but wiser girl who has well, been I don't, scorned. I don't think it's necessarily a respects herself more. The, to me, that's not way, what I got from sadder but wiser. To me, that's, that's not what I get from the word sadder but wiser, but from the description that he was giving in the song is like a girl who has been hurt a lot. And, like, it's probably insecure. I think... I guess. I can... I guess. I wasn't necessarily getting that, though. That's fair. I, I was seeing, like, more jaded. Oh, uh, okay. I can see that. Um, but, yeah. He doesn't want someone... Um, someone, like, super religious who's just trying to, you know... He doesn't want husband. someone who wants him to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, this is really... This is really funny, um, where his friend, like, you know, pretends to be the girl he's talking about and does this, like, the shoulder move oh, and, yeah. like, starts tiptoeing to him. And it was really well done comedically. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, so basically this whole song is about how Harold Hill is an asshole who preys on heartbroken women um, and gets By them... the same time, like, he does have, he does, there are, like, levels he doesn't stoop to. Like, he does True. want an adult romance. Which is um, good, yes. He, but he does, yeah, he doesn't want a wholesome girl. Um, yeah. 
also the thing that bothers me about this whole scene i think the song itself is like Oh, there's a little, and, like, a little girl listening to There's all a of little it. girl listening and watching all of this. And then after they're done, she's just like <laughs> clapping. And it's just like, you, this poor little girl who does it, you, okay, this is not the this message the young girl should the, be getting the, about the, romance. The little girl who's like, oh, my very pretty, kind, intelligent, wonderful role model of a piano teacher <laughs> is um, wet garbage. <laughs> As a lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. not like she is new to this kind of language. <laughs> it seems to me. That's fair. Still not a great environment for a child. No. Yeah, so then... But who am I to judge has... someone else's parenting styles? <laughs> but no, Campbell, everyone in this town is a fantastic parent. Harold said so himself, and you That's got true. trouble. I mean, it was announced through song in the town square. How could it possibly be wrong? Yeah. So then, um, now that he's announced the type of woman that he goes after, he goes after his woman. Um, and we go over to the library. Where all true love is found. Indeed. Okay, Campbell. I will say this. And I don't know if I've talked, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked to you about this before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. If I wasn't, like, pursuing my doctorate and, like, trying to do, like, research with water and, like, nonprofit like, related, you know, crap. Mm -hmm. Um dream job i would be a librarian that is also my dream job yeah so he, like library librarian dream job i was uh in middle school in eighth grade you can be like different like office aides like for the guidance counselor for the front office with the library so i was a library aide and i was charged of the encyclopedia section and i also like helped run the help desk for one of the periods mm -hmm. um one of my favorite school experiences in my life that's I awesome. love a library so much. See, I think it's interesting because you Maybe I should marry have, a librarian. <gasps> maybe. Because you have a librarian as your dream job because of actual experience. I have it as my dream job because I love books. I love the quiet. I love being alone. And more than any of those things, I love having a reason like a justified reason to tell someone you need to shut up right now. And that's, that's why being a librarian is my dream job. I'm see, that's interesting because I mean, other than the experience, another reason I love um, like the idea of being a librarian because I love books. I love education. And I think libraries are like such a safe place and such a welcoming environment mm -hmm. to like further, especially children education. Oh, definitely. Um, when, when I was a substitute teacher for elementary school in particular, and we had like reading time, um, nothing made my heart grow more than seeing all these like young students still excited about reading, especially it, depending on like the area they're living in, because yeah. uh, a lot of students don't have access to like, you know, good fiction and things like that. And like being able to like write, especially for children having these fictional worlds where they can like see themselves as like the protagonist and like really learn like through that way and learn to have yeah. an imagination is one of the greatest things lost in a lot of like public school systems that don't have the funds and the resources. So like, being able to like provide something like that is like the main reason I would want to be a librarian. Absolutely. Again, mine is just because I'm an asshole. And I, don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think children are our future. Um. Although legitimately, when I was a kid, we, my, my whole family, like we like always had, um, 
it was the thing that like, kind of brought us together a lot. Raven, for our listeners, what's your favorite book? What's your least favorite book? My favorite book of all time is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. It yeah. always will be. I've read it six times nice. um, and listened to the audiobook twice and watched um, almost every adaptation of it, like film and TV adaptation of it there is. I think I'm missing one. Um, Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite book. This is going to take me a second, so you should probably go ahead and say your favorite and least favorite while I'm Okay, thinking. my favorite book. Um, oh, oh, no, it didn't take me very long. We'll continue. Right, go, go on. Um, my least favorite book of all time is Catch on the Rye. Interesting. Never read it. Um, I didn't, didn't read it either because I stopped at, like, chapter three or four. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> favorite book. Um, probably Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, any of those series. By mm-hmm, far, that's yeah, my for sure that. favorite book series. I have read it. I think the series six times. So it's five part series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the least favorite book, probably Heart of Darkness. I've heard of that. By who? Uh, Joseph Conrad. Okay, so then we get into the song Marion, the Librarian. Yes. Which I love this song, if only for the fact that it's called Marion, the Librarian. I also, but like I also think it's use, really cute. The use of like stamps. Yes. Rhythmically. And. I like seeing the stereotypical, like, nerds walk in. Like, there's, like, three or four of them or whatever. There's three. He's just standing behind them. Yeah. And so she's like, you need to make your selection and leave. And he's like, but my lady, my selection, it's you. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> be you. It is you. Um, and then um, she's like, shut the fuck up. Be quiet. And he's like, says whatever the line again. But say if it was that line, it was like selection is you <laughs> and, um yeah and so yeah quieter please and i think it was really fun part of the song where he like takes out just like a bag of marbles and he's like oh what if these happen to fall everywhere and she was like don't you dare <laughs> don't like, make it a ruckus dare uh yeah i i think one of the reasons i like this song is because to me this is the cutest he is with her before he actually realizes he has feelings for her, like, towards the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think early in the movie, this is the part where it's more... It's not just, like, him following her and kind of being creepy. It's like, oh, this is actually kind of cute. Even though, again, like, we I know that he's still just kind of doing this to get I disagree. This, this the is, other This way. is just... I feel like this is just normally has been his plan. It's not to, like, one specific point where he's just like, oh, maybe this could be different. I think, I think this is no, just his no, plan. no. I agree that this is just his plan, but I think this this is the type of romance that I like. I guess, oh, like, even okay. though it's fake romance, like this display of romance is more the display I like than earlier when he was just like following her home getcha. and like, I getcha. yeah, I get you, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then we see um, Tommy and um, what's her name. Um, Zanita? Yes. Um, they're reading Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And like peering over. Yeah, they're reading Romeo and Juliet. And then later on, it's two younger kids reading Romeo and Juliet. So I didn't know if that was supposed to be like, like if that was intentional, if it was was like the progression of like, like age and romance and stuff like that. Or if I was just reading too much into it. But, um, and then I did like when they were going up the spiral staircase. Um, that's like exactly what you had in your apartment. Yes. Like, exactly. I loved those spiral Except staircases. way sturdier. Yeah, but it was it was a really cool scene, and much like we've talked about in a lot of other musicals, this song does a lot with 
using elements of the environment and the characters in it and their actions to emphasize the music. So their steps on the stairs, her stamping the books. Um, there's all kinds of things that are used to emphasize the song and emphasize the, the beat and the rhythm and the melody. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before how both of us really like that, but I just always think it's great to call it out when, because it, it's, it's done so well. Yeah. And then um, slowly throughout the song, he's basically like corrupting all the children and oh, teenagers yes. in there. And it gets to a point where then eventually she kind of like gives into it. Um, and like straight up throws her glasses off and I was just like, you like, you need those to see you, you need those. Um, yeah. So then she gets into it. Then all of a sudden she like snaps out of, she's like, what am I doing? And at the very end, um, he, um, puts a marshmallow in her mouth, which is <laughs> that weird. Was so weird. That was weird. That she was like so spits weird. it out. She's Where just like so disgusting. Did he bring them in pockets, anticipation pocket of the scene? <laughs> Do you not have pocket, uh, pocket marshmallow? <laughs> pocket sand, but you know. With a marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, oh, I can't. yeah, and when the, she's going up there and he's like singing at her, um, all the, and she's like responding, whatever, all the kids <laughs> are like, can you her. please like, shh. And I was like, you have been yelling and dancing and you, running yes. amok this entire time. <laughs> Stop being hypocrites. Running amok. <laughs> Youths. Um, oh yeah. And then when she, when she got up and started dancing on the tables and everyone, she's like, shh. And it's just like, she's a librarian. She is uh, the one allowing you to do this in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. And then he leaves. Indeed, yes. And um, well, I, was that when he was like, meet me at the soda shop or whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 that was later on. No, right. wait. Mm. I think it was now. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was now. I was thinking of a different thing. Yes, this is when he says, meet me at the soda shop. Um, Next scene, Tommy shows him what he has so far for a liar. Um, yeah, he like, uh, he's going up to the mayor's house and then Tommy's like, I'm going to skedaddle. Um, and like rings and like the mayor comes. And it's like, are you soliciting? And he was like, no, I've never solicited no, in my life. No, I am <laughs> checking out your wonderful, fantastic doorbell. It has a beautiful tone it. to it. Um, and then, like, really gets his, like, charm on and saying, like, about, like, the gap in his fingers that oh, is yeah. so perfect. Like, his son, obviously, would be perfect to play a B-flat flugelhorn. Do you know what a flugelhorn <laughs> is, Raven? I do not. It kind of looks like a trumpet, but the keys are sideways. It's not, like, valves. It's keys, like, three of them. I don't before. like um, They sound beautiful. Um, yeah, and he's, he's like, wait a second, so I don't have charming. a son. Yeah, he's so good at charming. He made the guy forget that he doesn't have a son for a good couple of seconds, mm-hmm. which concerned me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then he manages to escape because the, the wife comes in and he distract, distracts the guy and mm-hmm. then like runs the dog off. dog comes in and is just like, check on your, da- check on your dad. He's <laughs> fucking crazy. He clearly, like, you need to call the doctor because yeah, he's lost him. his mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then we see him going around again and tricking people into signing up and stuff. And it's like, it's almost sad at this point because it's just like, you know, he's calling them. Like, and you can see it. Yeah. Like, with his lines and stuff like that, like, you can see, like, he's just, it's, um, a lot of the, like, the same thing with the pinky thing of like, oh, like, because of this genetic, uh, like, this pinky gap is genetic, which means your son would be a beautiful flugelhorn player, like, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to Miss Peru, and he's just like, oh, with your jawline and cheekbones. The embouchure would, would be perfect for the cornet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he was like, but, you know, he'll never be really great, because all the greatest cornet players were Irish. And she was like, well, I'm Irish. And he was like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and then, like, Winthrop is in the tree house, whatever, and just straight up dies and falls out of the tree. I was just like, <laughs> I wrote down, Winthrop dies. This, this is where, <laughs> this is where this is taking a turn. Um, and how, how would you, like, allow the, um, demands of tomorrow as opposed to, like, the pleasures of today? He says something, like, along those lines. I'm trying to convince them to get this kid a cornet. Yeah, um, immediately. We get to the song Gary, Indiana, which is the n- most know-nothing song oh, in the yeah. musical. It's literally just him repeating the name of the town, and it's Gary saying, Indiana. that's where I'm from. I'm not from the uh, these other six places. I'm from, say it with me, G- Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we find out, um, it's like, well, your mom's into it, you're not into it. What about the child's father? It's one against one. What do you have to do? And then she's like, he's dead, so how dare you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, okay, well, he didn't know. He was yeah. just saying. And he does seem, like, like, genuinely, like, regretful. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, then at the end of that whole exchange. Um, when the mom sighs, and you think I, she has some, like, gastrointestinal distress. I'm so glad distress. that you also picked up. She was just like, like I, she's just what like, what was oh. that sound? Yeah, it was just like, it's supposed to be like, what well, I'm going to do with my daughter and this man. But it was like. and the only reason the only reason i knew it was supposed to be a sigh was because that's what the caption said but i was like that's not how a normal human sighs like at least like she tried to after like smoking 10 packs of cigarettes every day for 100 years because like yeah like in the in the context of scenes she's like a you know but it was like a (laughs) it's like the beginning of a hairball I can't. I can't. I don't understand. It just, it just um, sounded like she had some like weird gas. Yeah, and so then he leaves. She goes back inside, um, and so she's talking to Marion once again about how she needs a man mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how this man would be the perfect man for it. Um, and we get into the song "Being in Love," and the only thing I could think during this the entirety of the song was. What the hell is Marion making? It's this weird, like, chocolate concoction. It looks the consistency of, like, maybe melted chocolate, Could but it's not fudge. cooling very, fa- very fast. I don't, it looks more like a pudding, almost. Because it, because it doesn't splay out like liquid chocolate would do, or like a fudge would do. Like, it's, it's more liquid than a fudge would be, but it's not liquid enough it's to like, melt the like chocolate. It's like brownie batter that she puts on the countertop. <laughs> Honestly. And, but then she starts putting, like, candies in it. I don't, I don't know what she's trying to make. And it, it's the only thing that I could think of this okay. entire song. I think we should move on, Raven, because you're not going to get an answer. It so bothers me. Okay. Um, yeah, so, being in love, it's basically, it's like, no, I've been in love that's not what this is about she talks about a bunch of like crushes she has mm-hmm. um but like um and she like says like the principal and i was just like yikes uh yikes 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 um oh yeah that was and, but uh, she was like why can't someone be in love with me like she wants like an honest a modest man who she can like share like her passions with and someone that's more interested in us than me which was i i agree with that that's really cute yeah and so um then we get into a sort of um, a sort of side scene, in the um, where, yeah, where we see Zanita and Tommy in the library, and they're kind of like being cute with each other, like talking around the shelves and stuff, mm-hmm. um, making plans to 
meet up at the footbridge. No. Um, and then we also see that Marion... Which is so funny because um, she was like, no, I can't do that. But what time? Oh, I can't. Yeah. It's like, oh, only indecent girls go there. Sign me the fuck up. It's just like, <laughs> how? No, I can't. I can't go there with you. That's for whores. So you know I'm in. That's like the equivalent <laughs> of what it was. Uh, yeah. Um, and so then we see Marion comes across the Indiana like State Journal of Education or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she's looking. She has the like idea, all like, good librarians. They know how to cite their sources and check their mm-hmm. references. She does her research, um, and so yeah. So she has the idea to look, or presumably to look through for Hill um, and the information he's been citing, mm-hmm. which is that he is from Gary, Gary, Indiana, and attended the Gary Conservatory um, and graduated with the Gold Class Medal of Ot Five or whatever. Um, Yeah, so she starts looking that up, and then we cut away back to the town, and we see these two young girls, and there's a little wagon that starts coming up the street, and we get into the song, The Wells Fargo Wagon. Um, Yeah, so this song is basically townsfolk are so, it's basically FedEx is here, and so the townsfolk are so excited, and they talk about all the things they've, like, gotten before from the Wells Fargo wagon. From the Wells Fargo wagon, yeah. Yeah. Which... Um, this is also the first time we really hear, I almost called him Opie. What is his name? Winthrop. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we really see Winthrop actually talk in the movie, like for real. Um, and he sings one of the, like, I guess little verses or lines of the Wells Fargo wagon. Um, and then Amaryllis and, uh, Marion, like, hug him and congratulate him because they're just like oh my gosh you like he's actually speaking, he's talked like he's so excited he's having fully confidence. like in full sentences yeah. and everything yeah. yeah and he's like feeling a lot more confident um so that's really nice to see because he's so cute yeah um, and then we get into like kind of uh band practice or no the thing you talk about like the thinking method and just like think about the minuet in g well so first we see the dance session of oh, the I, thought the, I, I thought they talk about the think method before then no, they do. You see the dance session, and then it pans over, and you see the band practice. I think before even that transition, they talk about the. Oh, he method. mentions the thing method, yeah. like oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Probably. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, but like the dance session, um, I love them. <laughs> They're so funny. They're so into it, and I'm proud of them. Also, the whole like when she was like, "Oh, let's work on our posture," and they put the books over heads. I thought about. I've that. had to do that before. Yeah, yeah I know because you are a debutante. <laughs> it's actually it's, it's really not hard clumsy as fuck uh, weird. <laughs> um it, it's not hard to do and i don't like i know why it's an exercise but i don't know why it's an exercise it's like it's very easy to just do it and then you can just take the book off but um yeah so they're they're doing all these um they're doing interpretations of a grecian urn and so they do like number one grecian urn and number two grecian urn. would you like to explain to our listeners what that means so the first one okay so at first i thought they were trying to do the shape of an urn because their first one was just like them like bowing out um but it's like they're doing shapes or arrangements from, like, the designs of, like, ancient Grecian urns, which I think yeah. is kind of cool. And so, like, the second one was actually a really cool pose. Um, it was just them all in a group, and then she was, like, uh, Eulalia, 
something Shin. I forget. They always say her full name whenever she's introduced. Oh, I wrote it down. Yulele Makashin Shin? Yeah. Yeah, and so she's doing the kind of like one leg stance, one arm up, one arm down. Yeah, it's it's honestly kind of good. Especially when they're in the full costumes later. It's really good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to band practice and um, he like just once he's like, think about the minuet in G. We're not playing. You just got to think about it. That's his method, the think system. And this one kid, like a little kid with a French horn, is oh, like, yeah. I don't even know how to hold this. Can you show me? And he was like, see, this is a good experiment. Trial by error. That's how the best learn. And he like has Tommy lead them for the rest. And he just like dips. But like that, that poor little boy. Cause he was just like, he was They're even... so excited. They are yeah. so excited. And it was like, yeah, he was asking how to hold it, but he was also just like, hey, what is this instrument? Because, like, none of these people have ever played instruments before. So he's just like, I see these key things on the side. What are these? What are they for? What do they do? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. It was this poor little boy that just wanted to learn how to play his instrument. But yeah, and so then we, uh, yeah, so he dips and yeah. goes to the ice cream parlor slash soda fountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Something uh, I did want to bring up with, like, the women dancing, how she was saying, and I always think about this, when she was like, practice makes perfection. Um, That is not true. Perfect practice makes perfect. That is correct. Yeah. That's what my band That's That's another thing that... Practice does not make perfect. You can have really bad practice, and then you're just worse. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. The amount of terrible rehearsals I've had in orchestra that just make you want to die and crawl into a hole and never play your instrument again. Mm -hmm. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, at the at the soda fountain. And we see that um, uh, Tommy and Zanita are like there. And then um the mayor comes in and starts yelling is like stay away from my daughter like don't you touch her i don't think he was even touching her but whatever um and he and, truly was not touching her yeah like, that's, physically okay. he i was just not. just wanted to make sure um so that was fun and then like she tries then, to speak up and it's like not not one poop out of you and like his wife's like i think he means peep i think he means peep and then she's basically like you're a capitalist pig and like storms off <laughs> yeah like what did she um, say i don't remember exactly uh, it was like in the throngs of, um, like you're 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 what's wrong with this country? Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, um, and then he proceeds to have a stroke, and everyone ignores it. Oh yeah, um, like he like from <laughs> this point, he cannot say a phrase correctly. One hundred. It, it it was legitimately a rage stroke. Yeah. Except without um, the nosebleed. Yeah, and then um, I think yeah, but then. They, like, kind of stand up for Tommy. doesn't matter. They all leave. So now it's just um, Harold and Marion mm-hmm. at the bar. And they're being all cutesy and talking to her. And then he has to leave for some reason. Yeah. And then it was, um, the mayor, like, says, like, deputizes the, um... Barbershop Quartet. Yeah, the school board, um, which is weird. Um, it is very weird. But it was like, get his papers or put him in jail. <laughs> yeah. And so we see them um, at the River City Hotel and they catch him. Um, and they're just like, oh, yeah, dude, we really, really need your credentials. Like, we absolutely cannot it's take like, oh, yeah, they're just upstairs. He's like, we'll go with you. Yeah. Um, and so then he's like, oh, actually, I don't know if I have my key. And so he pulls out a slip of paper from his pocket 
And it's basically saying like, hey, your rent is overdue. You owe uh, $350 for the week. And I was just like, what a world. Yeah, like, I know, no, no, I know no, with inflation. No, the, was... the famous uh, woman bassoonist, <laughs> Madame Rini, which Rini is a nickname um, for Meredith Wilson's wife. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Relina um, Zareva. But because that was the second wife, the Russian one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is no way the other, like the barbershop quartet, or at least two of them, didn't see it. Because two of them were standing like at his shoulder, and the bass legitimately like looked over his shoulder at the paper. I'm like, there's no way you didn't see what that said. Yeah. But there's just like, oh, we need to see it. Like, we need to know that it says that. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's Lie to Rose. Like the song, Lie to Rose. And then he sings it. Which I loved the song Lie to Rose um, so much. That, like, this next, like, couple of scenes, this is my favorite song from this musical. Okay. Yeah. Because I just really yeah. like Lie to Rose. But yeah, because yeah, then they get into the song Lie to Rose and... It, it is a really beautiful song, especially when Marion joins in. It is just, it's so very romantic. But my primary thought during the scene is, how did he get these men addicted to singing? Because anytime he sings a single phrase of a song, they immediately are just like, we have to sing the full song. We well, cannot. Because they, they have discovered a hidden talent that they're amazing at. Why wouldn't you want to do that all the time? That's fair. And he even said, when he first got them together, he even said to Mrs. Shen, like, you will never see one of these men, from here on out, like, you will never see one of these men about town without the other three. And she was like, impossible. They've hated each other for 15 years. Yeah. And he was right. He was. That's the power, the power of a barbershop quartet. Yeah. And so while they're singing, well, they're singing Lida Rose, and then we pan over to Marion, who's singing... Um, will I ever tell you? Yeah, will I ever tell you? Basically talking about will she ever tell Harold like how she like feels about him? Like she loves him, um, fully knowing that he's lying about everything. Yes, like she knows um, because she like has the proof. Um, and then they like show both of them at the same time and they're singing at the same time and it just fits so well together. I just love it. It's so beautiful, and I, I love I love I don't want to say dueling duets like that, but. Um, complimentary com- yes where it's not the same part it's very different parts that fit very well together um, I just love any sort of duet like that I think yeah, the ability to match two different melodies and rhythms together like that is is just really important um, and I applaud any composer who can do it well yeah and then yeah. like the mom her mom is basically like stop singing stop complaining like stop like doing nothing about it just tell him, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. You just sing a whole song about how you want to tell him that you love him. Just mm-hmm. do it. And then Winthrop yeah. comes and, and she's like, how do you, what do you think about um, Professor Hill? And he's like, loves him. Taught me a song oh, yeah. that doesn't have a lot of S's in it. Um, like, actually, it's like put in like really good work with them. So there's a reprise of um, uh, Gary, Gary Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, honestly, when I think of the song Gary Indiana, I think of Ron Howard singing it. Like I think of Winthrop singing it. I totally forgot yeah. that um, that Harold sang it originally in the movie, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's really cute, and you can tell that he still does have his lisp on a couple of words here and there. But you can tell that he's really been working at it. Yeah. Um, and he's getting a lot more confidence in himself, and just really kind of like. Coming out of his shell, I think that's so and cute. And doing because... just fine. 
<laughs> coming out of my yeah. Um yeah, and I think it's I think it's so cute and I think this is definitely one of the redeeming things about Harold is that despite the fact that he's a con man and sort of a perv, um yeah. it's like he honestly with especially with, with children like Winthrop, like he does make a difference. Like he does make people happier and yes he's he's very charming so yes he can use that manipulatively manipulatively mm-hmm. um but you but also find there's like does... hidden truth to like what he's doing though because like exactly yeah, Marcellus like, with... like does say it was like oh yeah you always loved watching like the bands and like pretend to like conduct like exactly. the Italian composer and stuff like that there like, is this like... entire scam is based on something that he actually does love and he does like build the barbershop work that was like they he makes a real group out of it and yeah. they you know and like all the people who come to contact with like he brings a lot of joy to their lives and so to mm-hmm. me um and a lot of that to me is shown in Winthrop's character as yeah, you see sure. him build more confidence and uh help with his lisp and everything and help him learn how to really like talk to people and be himself um and I think it, it just is a really great redeeming quality for the entire fact that he's a con man yeah um and then yeah then we see like the anvil salesman charles uh cowell come into town and was mm-hmm. like hey where's the mayor uh this guy's a fraud i gotta tell him played by harry hickox um the sound effects of the anvil in the briefcase <laughs> always funny every single time yes because it's the exact well, it's the same sound effect that's used anytime an anvil is dropped for comedic effect mm-hmm. because it's the exact sound effect from like uh wily coyote yeah Hilarious. It's just, it's so perfect. And, like, obviously, it's just a sound effect, but, like, how strong does he have to be to just be carrying around an anvil in his briefcase at all times? I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> like, hashtag fuck around, hashtag find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, she was, like, saying to him, they're talking, and she's, like, saying stuff about him, and she's like, I'm not an idiot. And he's like, well, actually, you are um if you're being fooled about this but like she's not being fooled she knows what's going on so then to like help but you don't know that at this time so what he's saying seems. but she does have at this point like she did see the book that would show that he is a fraud i and she has read it yes but she hasn't said what she found in it yet because at least for me when i when i watch this i'm just like i know that I know that she read that book, but also it's like, it still, it still seems like she's being taken in. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah but that's probably just because she's such a good actor. Um, and then she uses her feminine wiles to distract him. So he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> yeah. And then like flirts with them. And, and then he's like, is that an invitation? Um, and uh, she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, I know I'm trying to chick you, but like, Calm down. Stop being a creep. Um, yeah. Stop being creepy. And then, like, distracts him long enough um, that he, like, it seems like he's going to miss the train. So he, like, lost his chance. Yeah, and he was, because uh, he was saying, oh, yeah, if I miss this train, um, I'm going to, like, lose his job or whatever. Um, which, I guess I don't understand how being a traveling salesman works. I was just like, like, can't you just get a different client? There's like, not... you're just selling. Like, I understand that he was going to a specific destination, but it's like you're just selling merchandise. Can't you just go catch a next train or go to and a like, different place? Or? Well, I feel like the next train won't be for a while. Um, 
but also... That's true. We do live in a very different era where, like, yeah. I can catch a train. I can miss my train and be and, on a different train But maybe train there's not a hour. market for anvils in River City, Iowa, Raven. <laughs> why would there ever be... I honestly... Okay, so this is something, like, I understand... No, no, that's why it was funny. No, I know. But... No, cause I, I Shut up. I hate it when you do that. Everyone um, does. That's the point. <laughs> I understand, like, for me, anvils have only, I've only ever seen anvils used for comedic effect and, like, cartoons and stuff. I truly, I don't know what the actual function of an anvil is. Like, I don't know what you For, like, forging stuff? Is that what they're for? Like, do you, like, hammer on them? Yes. Right? I I truly did not know I thought so. I don't know. (laughs) I just said I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's for forging. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, so there's not a market for anvils in River City, apparently. Weird. So by missing this train... Yeah, weird. Um, so by missing this train, he basically missed his chance to get this job in whatever location that train was going to. Um, so yeah. Um, and so then he gets very upset with her, and he's just like, well, you're not going to deliver these letters, because obviously you're on his side, and you're taken in by him. Um, so I have to get these to the mayor, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then she kisses him to convince him or she gives him more to make him miss the train yeah and then he takes the letters with him still and then she's just like well i did my job yeah she, um, she did her best yeah um and so then a couple minutes later oh because he had okay so it is important to mention that during that entire exchange she had mentioned you know i can't believe you're being taken in by him like you're not the first he has girls everywhere he's been to like do this scam um he's been with like like 102 women or whatever it is um and you know you're not the first and you're not special and all this other stuff he's just taking you in for the sake of this job um and so then after he leaves harold shows up a few minutes later and we see that she's like really apprehensive around him understandably because in her mind she's just like i don't know if what he said was true and i don't know if you're just like playing with me to do this or have fun while you're here or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then she has this whole, not start, doesn't really start out as a conversation, but she's just like, oh yeah, I've heard things about you and all this other stuff, you know, um, you've had all these other women, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, well, you know, there's a lot of rumors about traveling salesmen because people get jealous. And he's just like, you know, just like there are rumors about small town librarians and then she gets really up in arms because of the whole, like, Mr. Madison thing. She was like, yeah. first of all, he was my dad's best friend. He was basically like an uncle to me. It's ridiculous that people think that just because he was nice to me he, and he left gave books us, to me. Yeah, he gave this to us because our dad died and he wanted us to, like, still be good. Financially. Yeah, he wanted us to be able to make a living and survive and be safe. And now people think that I slept with him because he was nice to me, basically. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? You white girl, that is fucked up. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, and so he's just like, oh, well, I didn't believe that. I was just saying that it was an example of how, you know, people just make up these rumors about anyone. Like, they make up even more rumors about traveling salesmen. And I was like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure the ones about you are true. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he convinces her, basically, that she's the only girl for him. And he hasn't been with over 100 women. Um 
and he is sincere about his feelings for her, which at this point, like, I'm still not convinced whether he is or not, because I think this is me. I I don't think he is yet. I think later on he does start to have real feelings for her, but I think at this point this it's still just, just manipulation. Yeah. Um, and so then he is like, oh, you know, we should, you should meet me at the footbridge. Um, and I don't know what it is with this footbridge, but apparently the word around town is if you go to the footbridge with a boy, you're a whore. So <laughs> yeah, so he, he says, oh yeah, meet me at the footbridge in 15 minutes. She's like, oh no, I have to get dressed for the sociable. And he like puts his finger in her face and she's like, 15 minutes, like footbridge, 15 minutes. And then she and like then- starts like, Hallucinating. hallucinating. I was I like, at this point, drunk. I wrote down my notes. I was like, is he a wizard? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, is she drugged? I don't understand. How did he get in her system? I don't understand what happened. Yeah. I... But she starts, like, hallucinating, and her vision gets, like, hazy. And then she's like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes. And he's just like, great. And then leaves. And a couple seconds later, she's like, oh, no, what did I just agree to? And she's like, what? What just happened? I don't understand. Yeah. doesn't make any sense um and so then she calls for her mom and she's like oh my gosh i just agreed to go to the footbridge with him and her mom's just like oh my gosh it really works i was using the thinking system on you from the parlor and i'm just like these people do realize that the thinking system is just physically thinking like it's just having you're you're putting it into the universe raven raven you're (laughs) just just giving it energy i just don't speak it into the universe it will happen (laughs) I can't. It's just having thoughts. I anyway. Um, yeah. So now it's time for the social. <laughs> yes. Um, you, we do see Charles. They keep calling it. They don't call it a social. They call it a sociable, which bothers me. I'm fine with it. Um, okay. Well. So yeah, the sociable. Um, and they're like Charles. There, they're like clear the stage. Clear the stage. It's time for the auxiliary dancers. And they're like, no, we still want to dance. And they're like. Um, what are we going to do? And then Tom is like, Shibubi! Um, which, oh okay, now from seeing this for the first time, it is so funny that the touchdown dance that Peter does in Family Guy is literally the entire, uh, <laughs> is this song. Have you seen that scene? I have, like, once, yeah. Let's watch it again. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we just watched the Family Guy clip. And what's really so funny, that's... they like, I like, because when I first saw the Family Guy episode, I was like, this is a ridiculous song that will be stuck in my head literally forever. But like, my parents always thought it was so funny. Like, because it's just the, and like, and they do all the dances. And I was like, oh, why it's are they doing the that weird from the music side to do- side, like faces touching each other dance? Do they just not want to animate actual dancing? No, that's what they do in the musical. <laughs> it's what they legitimately do. And I that's apologize so for how uninformed and ignorant I have been, but. <laughs> That's so funny. And then at the very end, like, the entire crowd's in on it. The announcers, people watching at a bar, just singing <laughs> the entirety of this song. And he's like, all right, made a touchdown. It's just a touchdown dance. That's really funny because, like, I don't really watch Family Guy. Like, I've seen episodes of Family Guy here and there, but I don't really watch Family Guy like that. So I've never seen that before. And so my only experience with Shapoopy has been within the context of the music man. Yeah. And so it's, it's one really weird to see it in family guy. And I feel like I would have reacted the way your parents did. And two, it's like the music man was such a huge thing. Like it's, it got so big that like, it's 
simultaneously surprising and not surprising to see it come up in like random pop culture references like yeah. family guy you know um, yeah it's just also so funny out of like everything like the reference you can have done to like for like a touchdown <laughs> dance um, <laughs> they, the music man. they they picked the the entirety of the song shapoopy from the music man oh my god um but and, like, the crazy thing yeah oh continue no i just i just it's just so funny to me it was just like who thought who thought to do this <laughs> seth mcfarland what what the heck are you doing what was going on then yeah, like i i remember watching this like even as a kid i remember being like what the fuck because basically if you haven't seen the music man this whole which i don't know if like people that listen to our podcast i don't know if they have seen like if they wa- listen to the episodes that they've seen the musicals of or if they just like listen to it anyway and accept yeah. the spoilers. But anyway, if you have seen the Music Man, this entire song is basically about like, oh, you want the girl that's hard to get. You want the girl that's not gonna kiss on the first date. You want the girl that's like, basically not the sadder but wiser girl. But you want the girl that's like not going to be easy. You know what I mean? And which especially, is also still gross to like. You know. Yes, and it's like especially especially with the, like I understand that it was a different culture and view towards women back then but it was wrong and I mean, no, no, especially like that now raven what are you, what are you talking there about? are 100 still people like that now and especially especially today's culture like watching it again now it's just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so wild especially because yeah. like this is like in part like this type of culture is where the whole idea of like oh you have to, like, a girl will sleep with you on the third date. Or, like, you have to get to three dates for a girl to sleep with you. That's where this idea comes from. Yeah. Like, not, like, not 100% just the song, but, like, this culture and this, like, idea. Yeah. is It's just wild. But, yeah. But, yeah, Ethel um, and uh, her man do a really good job dancing in this. Because, oh, yeah. um, I mean, Buddy Hackett, he is not a dancer. And, like, from anything ever, like, before this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a really good job. He did do a really good job. Like, I honestly couldn't even tell. And also their little comedic bit where, like, it was kind of sad. But when he, like, couldn't pick her up and then she picked him up, yeah. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then we see, and, like, everyone gets into this dance. Um, yeah, and it becomes, like, not a conga line, but, like, a whole train sort of thing. Yeah. Where they're all, like, dancing around, like, the entire kind of square. Yeah. As couples, yeah. Um, And then... um keep on one say howard that's harold um and it's your fault don't know it is you you're welcome like that um harold like reminds mary in 15 minutes yeah um, which and then at this the point river... it's been 15 minutes so i don't oh, know yeah. <laughs> um then the river city ladies come out to do their dance and were you upset not to see them perform i was i was, I was like okay you only show the first you barely show the first position where it was like just them getting to like the flower sort of thing and it's just like i want to see the posing i want to see the stances and the face i want to see it yeah and they didn't show it and i was upset cheers cheers so we just finished your poopy yeah so um they're going Marianne, to yeah they're, they're going, going to the footbridge the spot <laughs> they'll make a spot that if you're if you're a why girl you and you like go that? with a guy you're a whore because <laughs> that's my they'll make a spot that's my accent that i do for that okay um <laughs> you seem very uncomfortable and upset well it's not uncomfortable it's just disappointed um yeah <laughs> so we don't get to see the interpretation of the grecian urns um, no it makes me very upset and then yeah we go and then we see all the children living in sin um indeed 
in the woods. And they're just doing random dance moves. I mean, you you see one girl with like her legs sticking out of the bushes. Um, but it's very obvious that she's being like, because like where she is, it's not like she's laying down. Like you can tell, she like her legs are in the air. Like up, well, like, I thought horizontal. I thought it was I thought it was like kind of with like the brush and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So also, um, so when he's waiting for Marion, he oh. is staring <laughs> in the water. Raven's laughing while I'm saying this because we have been talking nonsense to each other. That was edited out. For like out. 20 minutes. It was, I, I pretty sure it was like 26 minutes, which is like our like third huge interruption. We're going oh, on yeah. like close to four hours because like, you know, different phone calls, things like that. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Um, I think I've mentioned it once before in an episode. Um, and at this point, uh, the podcast has been out for quite a while by the time I'm saying this, but I want anyone listening to this episode to know Campbell and I do not, in fact, consume five, well, four to six very strong alcoholic drinks in the course of an hour and a half. Um, that is not how we live our lives. I mean, we do sometimes, but like, that is not how we live our lives during this podcast. Like a lot of times these podcasts are minimum three and a half hours of recording at their max there's six hours so when we consume like five or six drinks in an episode chances are that episode was about four and a half to five hours of recording so just like just for general awareness (laughs) yeah so harold's looking into the water and like sees a marching band and he like gets into he like has a stake he starts conducting them um and then he was like oh that's stupid this is a dream breaks the stake thrown in the water yeah and then marion comes and then um he, like, starts to feel bad, and he was like, there's some things you don't know about me, and she was like, shh, like a librarian, before mm-hmm. you get into that, and then she starts singing, Till There Was You, which was which basically- such a cute song. It is, but it's basically, like, like not only, like, I need to thank you for, like, what you've done here, because, like, he has completely changed this town. People are expressing themselves, people are excited mm-hmm. about things, people are not- as like super judgmental they're like a community now yeah um especially like, it's no especially, longer the iowa stubborn yeah. kind of thing and also like for what he has done for her younger brother it's amazing oh yeah um and it's like oh they're like birds were singing love, but i didn't hear lo- them yeah love is all around and i never heard it singing till there was you yes um and so to me it's very much um till him from producers Except yeah. that was meant to be comedic, whereas this is meant to be romantic. But the general theme of the song is the same. Yeah. Um, so, and then she sings that, and she was like, and he's like, there's a lot that you don't know about me. And she's like, I'm not asking. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but then, like, his buddies in the bushes is like, hey. I gotta tell you some shit. You, you got found out. They're looking after you. I was only able to get, like, half the money so far, but, like, you have to get out of here. He's like, not you till, like, to I get leave. the rest of the money. Um, it's just, he's just like, bro, um, they're they're going to be on to you yeah. fairly soon. And, like, I understand and you he have has, the like, rest of the money. He has, like, an hour and, like, some it's... change till the train leaves, so he has to, like, figure out something. Yeah. And he's just like, I understand that you you like it, and you know they haven't completely found you out yet, but they're going to soon. So it's in your best interest just leave now. And yeah. he's just like, no, nah, I didn't want to stick around. And, but they, he's like, I'll figure it out. And he they leaves. He goes back to Marion, um, and then he I think at this point he like does feel bad. He was like, no, you don't understand. And she was like, no, no, 
I do. I, I do. know you're a complete fraud. I figured it out. He was like, did you know like, all along? I was like, I did my research, like, a few days after you got here. Like, yeah. Um, Gary, Indiana wasn't a thing till 1906, so how would you graduate in Gary Conservatory wasn't Conservatory a thing Conservatory in 1906. Yeah. So how yeah. would you have graduated in How would you have graduated in 05? Yeah. And then this is the point, I think, where he actually, like, falls in love. Like, he breaks everything because he, like, this woman knows exactly who he is, what he's about, but, like, still loves him. And he's just yeah. like, that's never been a thing. Because every other woman he's been with, he's been lying to. Yeah, so. I mean, that that's not different here. Yeah. Which, it's not different here. The difference is that she found him out, and she still loved him in spite of it. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, and she was like, I've known for a while. And then we get to, we go back to everyone, and we hear It's You by the school board. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a costume change for the ladies, so they're supposed to be, like, young girls. They have, like, I guess, like, paper, yellow, curly hair. It's really weird. I don't and like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, and it looks like they don't like it. They don't. They seem very <laughs> uncomfortable. And then the mayor stops everything, um, and then Charles, like, says to everyone, and he's, like, basically how he starts telling everyone that he's a fraud is basically saying, you dense motherfuckers. You are all so <laughs> stupid. I can't believe I've never gone to a town with the stupidest people in America. But lo yep. and behold, here I am. And they're just like, <laughs> and... <laughs> I love the phrase, lo and behold. He's like, yeah, he's like, you're, he's a fraud. He's been lying to you the whole time. And then some random townsperson, it was like, what are you trying to say? And he's just like, <laughs> I'm losing my mind here. How... All of you are dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is wrong with you all? He, like, completely, like, I, I feel like he, like, loses part of his soul He's I, from hearing that question. And so, um, so I was like, everyone, like, the whole town's now after him. So we see Harold and Marion back at Marion's place. And, um, she was like, hey, I, I forget what they were doing later. Because, like, you know, alcohol. But... Yeah, that's fair. It was basically, she's like... You're just, like, talking, basically. Yeah, I was like, I have to change real quick. I'll be right out. And so he's just, like, singing to himself. Like, oh, yeah, she combos. has to grab something to cover her shoulders, because she's cold. Yeah, and so she's up there, so he sings 76 trombones, and then she's singing Goodnight, uh, My Someone, like, a reprise for that. And that's, like, when you really see, like, they have the same song. Um, yeah. uh, choo -choo. And, then, and then they also switch. Yeah, and, okay, see, at first, then he starts singing... Good night, my someone. So he, like, I thought it was just, that was going to be all that he truly feels this way about her. But then it cuts to her singing 76 trombones. 76 trombones. And that was just, it was just really I thought funny. That was so funny. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was like, I'm a fraud too. Um, she has no reason to be singing that song. Oh, um, yeah, no. But yeah, no, the, the mob, like, the people, the townspeople after him, they have literal torches. Like, it's literally. That seems excessive. And they're like, <laughs> But it's like is, the fire department coming out. Do they have tar with them? I don't think so. Okay, I wasn't sure why it was smoking. I wasn't sure either. But the thing I don't understand is that... So the torches... With with a mob, the torches are... With like a medieval mob and stuff. The torches are for one of two purposes. It's for burning down a location. Normally to smoke someone out or to just as vengeance or whatever to burn a place down and two for like lighting because normally um, it's nighttime I think, when you yeah, have a honestly like i do think you're um missing a third point and it's intimidation that's fair that's fair but i guess my point is like 
in this scenario, it's intimidation. I guess, bes- I guess it's also nighttime. Of- yeah, because I was like, besides intimidation, but they, but it's 1950s. They have like enough lighting on the street. They do have lanterns. They do we have lanterns. Yeah. So like, I'm just like, besides intimidation, which I guess yes, I had forgotten about before. Like, there's no reason for them to be carrying the torches. Like, you're not planning to burn any place down. You're just grabbing him, and it's your own town, so you don't want to burn it down, and. You don't need the lighting because the streets are lit with lanterns. So it's yeah. I I was just very confused. Yeah. Why why they were going out of their way to grab torches? I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So yeah, and- so we see Hill and Marion singing together, and they end up switching parts, which I think is really cute because again, to me, this is just like a confirmation. And like of, you said like, before, he- we understand why he did it. Don't know why she did it. No. <laughs> it was just like she just had a song stuck in her head like it's literally so that she was like 76 trombone 76 trombone I was like yeah. is she like alright <laughs> okay 76 um, trombone bum, 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 bum. okay yeah this um, town has lost its mind so they they, they, yeah. they catch him he was like uh, his, his uh, buddy's like no we have to go now and he's just like I'm not gonna go and he's just like there, like he like kisses Marion. They're like hugging, and then the town like tears them apart. Well, uh, he also does. Wait, oh yeah, no, he part? does talk to Winthrop. That's important. Yeah, no, but so I, he also does a small like, um, like it's like two lines of like "Till there was you" reprise to her. But oh I don't yeah, know if that's at this part. Is it? I think so. Okay, first Winthrop comes. He's crying. He's so yes. upset. Um, and, and he's just like, oh, and, and he's like, ask me, ask, yeah, ask me anything. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Can you lead a band? Nope. Are you a liar? Are you a big fat yep. liar? Yup. <laughs> um, which he, I really respect his honesty. And then he does, you say to someone who's lied to everyone and tried to scam <laughs> them out of the money for a long time now. Um, but he owns up to it. That's all that matters. No, that's not. <laughs> Have higher standards. That's the moral of this entire movie is that if you cheat everyone and lie, but then own up to it, it's fine. Gotcha. Understand. <laughs> um, and so, but then he was like, something that I do know for sure is that you're a wonderful kid. Hmm. And like, he was like, re- so he was really sweet about that. I it's did, so I did cute. Like, that. like um, I, I think his general relationship with like Winthrop and like some of the other kids is like, honestly, his redeeming quality. Because he's honestly, like, to them, you do see that, well, yes, he's a con man, and he's scamming all these people to make a living and blah, blah, blah. Like, at least to the children, he is legitimately kind. Like, he's legitimately a good person to Winthrop. Yeah. For sure. Um, And then, like, uh, they do, like, do, they do say it was, like, the kids, like, acted in line all summer long, which has never happened. There are yeah. good things that have come from being here. And then that's where we get to the till there was you reprise. And he like spoke the last line. Mm-hmm. Not, um, he didn't sing it. That's some powerful stuff right there. I love it when someone's singing a song like that and then they just like And talk. they're too lazy to finish singing. Yes, I agree, <laughs> Raven. I'm with you. But it's like the way it's done is low-key powerful. Um, okay, so then they take him away. And yeah. then we have Town Hall. And he, so it's four score and just like <laughs> shut down yeah and then like they're like panicking and they're like we haven't seen the kids in a while did he kidnap them too um and yeah, then, they're all talking about tarring and feathering him which like 
tarring and feathering, I think it's generally understood that that is a punishment and it is a bad thing to do to a person. But tarring and feathering is so bad. Like, it, one, obviously the tar... Yeah, obviously the tar irritates the skin, but it, like, legitimately, like, is, one, poisonous. Like, the fumes from it alone are incredibly toxic and poisonous to the person. Two, like, it can base if especially if the tar is hot enough it can basically burn your skin off yeah like tarring and feathering is a wild punishment to put someone through but then so are like most medieval punishments so like you know and this is also the 1900s so yes um you keep on saying medieval like it hasn't like perpetuated um <laughs> well I was just when i think of tar and feathering i think of like other medieval punishments that were also Bad. insane yeah um and so yeah so they bring him in um and then marion gets like on the podium and she's like okay let's let's wait a second um after he like came to town we didn't suck anymore Mm -hmm. like there were things to do um people wanted to actually talk to each other the audacity yeah um and then he was like enough of this the mayor and he's like okay if anyone doesn't think he should be tarred and uh, feathered, um, stand up. And no one does. And then people start standing up. You see Mm. your mom stand up first. It's very much the whole, like, trope of, like, oh, the one person stands Mm. up and then everyone stands up afterwards. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, like, everyone, like, stands up, even his wife. And he's basically like, wife, sit. And she does, which I hated. And then they're like, what are you doing? Stand back up. And she's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies. Um, and then the band comes in, and it looks like Tommy's the drum major. Um, yeah. Because he has the mace. We were never allowed to have a mace, um, is what that thing is called. Wait, what did you What did you have? To me, that's just like inherent to we the part marched. of a band major. But then, okay, so we I guess my question with is, our hands. But isn't, so I thought, white, especially during, I thought, especially during a parade, that the point of the band major and the point of the mace was so that everyone I said I called them. You said band major. Did I really? Yep. Oh my bad. The point of the drum major and the point of the mace was so that like like maybe not everyone, but like like people in the back could see Yeah. When we did parades we would just listen to the drum line. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what we did. Um and so they're here and then Marion's like, let them play and then He's like, what? <laughs> what the, what the hell fuck? <laughs> are you talking about? I like, I, I told you, conduct. I didn't do anything. They just thought about things, and he like puts up the. the she takes like a, a pool stick, breaks it. Here's your baton. No, no, it's not a pool stick. Oh, what it's was one it? of those old like um, pointer sticks that you use oh, for teaching. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just saw. And it she... looked like a cue at the end. That's fair. It's it's a little pointer. Yeah, that, that's it. And end. so she breaks it. Here's your baton, still handcuffed, and he's just like. It's kind of like the uh, Band Geeks episode of Spongebob when they're at the bubble bowl. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, and is like, it's like oh, they died. And then like, Spongebob's there doing his eager face. And Squilliam's just like, oh, time to play. And Squidward's like, everyone, all the marching band's like, ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who saved little Timmy? A fireman. That's right. Just pretend that was Squidward. Uh, <laughs> That's that's so funny. Um, and so he's like, one, two, three, four. And they're like super talented. I am so glad they were bad. 
Okay. Infinitely I, better like, than they should be. That Okay, that's the thing I was saying, because I was like, one, especially for kids who, at the beginning of this, didn't know what these instruments were, didn't know what the parts of it. them were, didn't know how to hold it. Like, I was just like, I'm surprised you can make notes at all. Yeah, so also, he's like, now think, men. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, to me, also, one of the things I felt like, this is, I don't know if maybe the city that I grew up in just had really terrible elementary school orchestras and bands but yeah we didn't have that elementary school we just had like the recorder to me this is exactly what it felt like being at an elementary school concert yeah and then the parents are like that's my kid and they're just so proud that they made any kind of noise that they're a part like that was the best part of the movie i just thought about like all the band parents and they're just like how especially those like that like you know don't know a lot about musical instruments just how yeah. proud they are of they're their children. so they're, proud they're so proud and it was so sweet and it's just like that's literally exactly what it's like being an elementary school concert so they're like yay everything's fine he got also, so lucky um so they anyway leave. so the day is saved thanks to the powerpuff girls um and Which so it's so yeah it's you know what bullshit. it's fine it's it's fine <laughs> people get away with things all the time Mm -hmm. not us but whatever um (laughs) so then they're on the outside so we have like two like two like drummers and then you see tommy with the mace and then they change uniforms it's like way better it's like Um, magic and zanita is into it i thought she's so into it and she goes a majorette yeah she's a majorette and so i was like my mom was a majorette i wasn't sure if this was like directly after or this was like a time skip because I thought it was supposed it, what, to be directly is, after. But it's daytime now. It's That's daytime fair. now. Yeah, so I think it was like, they left, and then it's what they grew into. That's fair. Okay. Because okay, there's also, like, that. way more people. That's fair. But also, the thing that still bothers me about that is that Marion plays the piano, so she understands, like, teaching sheet music and teaching general exercises and practices and stuff like that. She still at least according to what we've seen in the story, does not know how to play brass and wind instruments. So I still don't understand who taught them. You don't know how much time has taken place? <sighs> That's fair. They could have just figured it out together as a community, which River City is now. That's fair, but I feel like that's giving him so too I, much credit. I think this is the future. Because like he also didn't have like as fancy of like band leaders. He did players. not. So I think not. I think this is just the future. Anyway, so, like, there's, like, dozens, dozens of children, teenagers playing, and they're all from Southern California, from, like, a bunch of, like, junior and senior high schools. Um, Wait, that, the like, children or the from, actors? The actors are from oh, Southern okay. California. Like, what? <laughs> like, people, like, so it was, like, people that knew how to play instrument. Like, they oh. auditioned. I assumed it was one of those things where that was, they like, hired backing, a bunch of- yeah. Yeah, where they hired a bunch of extras to, like, hold instruments, and there was actual music playing on top of it. What I read was um, the auditions for this were from our, like, Southern California junior and senior high schoolers. Um, That's crazy. And then, like, the context of Good it, they them. didn't say explicitly, but the context in it, that was, there was, like, some level of musical ability. I don't know if that's true, though. That's really cool. It was, cool. like, from, yeah. like, one site. So, not enough to cite my source. Um, 
And then at first I was like, okay, they're all like teenagers and stuff. And then you see like different parts of them marching. I was like, okay, they're small children again. Okay, good. Um, because yeah. it just seemed weird that they were just all like the same. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote down, love me a good marching band. And then theme. And that's, that's it the was, end. It was really cool. But yeah, so the this musical was done, the overall story, like the music, the lyrics, and the book was done by Meredith Wilson, who was such an incredibly accomplished accomplished individual. Um, Even so, though they do consider him like the one hit wonder, which is wild to me, because like because by comparison, the music though, man, to the his music works. man is his biggest one. Yeah, absolutely, by far. Uh, but it's still like there's so much that came out of that and came out of his life and his career overall that I still think it's unfair to consider him a one hit wonder. Anyway, I so, mean, you said the same thing about Snow Patrol, so where do you draw the line? Meredith Wilson um, <laughs> was a flutist, flautist, flautist, flautist. Um, he was a flautist, composer, conductor, musical arranger, band leader, playwright, and actor. Um, so incredibly talented off the start. He was from Iowa. He was born in Mason City, which I think we said at the beginning. Yeah, River City is um, based off of. Yes. He, uh, and for college, he attended Frank Damrosh's Institute of Musical Art, a.k.a. Juilliard, as it is now known. Um, oh, he that's also fun. played. Yeah. He also played in John Philip Sousa's band, um, who was known for his, like, marching works and Semper Fidelis, like, so many works of the military, stuff like that. I, I mean, I love me a good Sousa march. Yeah. He just does such good marches. Like, we used to play a couple of them for our graduations and stuff. He just does great marches. Um, he also played for the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, he also composed the score for Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, Ooh. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, he also wrote the song, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. Like, yeah. he wrote that song. I did. Which know. I was like, I love that song, and I didn't know that. It's honestly one of my favorite Christmas songs, which is saying a lot. Because Christmas is my favorite holiday, and I love Christmas We definitely have had, I was going to say, I'm excited to talk about Christmas songs when we do our, like, Christmas special. The Christmas special has come out in the past when this is coming out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Keep it. But for us, it's in the future. And I love Christmas. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, he, so interestingly enough, he wrote, we'll be um, he wrote the University of Iowa and the Iowa State University fight songs, yeah. which I was like, oh, play in the field a little bit, you know. Uh, did you do anything thought, for Northern Iowa? University of Northern Iowa? Northern not that Iowa? I saw. It's possible he did, but I didn't see anything credited or cited. Gotcha. Um, he wrote three autobiographies, which I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> the first Flex. two, he just didn't get the words right. <laughs> A lot has happened since. A lot has happened since. Um, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was actually, so he was presented with the Presidential Medal of Freedom posthumously by Ronald Reagan. Um, the United States Postal Service also issued a postage stamp featuring him, um, and Juilliard dedicated their first and only residence hall to him, which I found really interesting. That's so cool. And then, yeah, and then also, like, for Music Man specifically, so Music Man is his most famous work by far. He's done a couple others and, like, um, composed and written various songs here and there for different purposes, but 
to this day, Music Man, the Music Man is his most famous work. Um, and so in its original Broadway production, the Music Man won, I think it is eight Tonys um, and a Theater World Award. So won a Tony for Best Musical, um, three Best Performances uh, oh, really? by a leading actor, featured actors and featured actor. It was Robert Preston, Barbara Cook, David Burns, and Iggy Wolfington. Mm-hmm. Wolfington? Yeah, Wolfington. Um, he also won He also won Best Direction of a Musical, Best Choreography, Best Conductor and Musical Director, and Best Stage Technician. Um, not he specifically, but the musical. Um, and then in its... When it was revived in 1980, it won another Theater World Award. And then when it was revived again in 2000, it won another eight Tonys for Best Revival of a Musical, two more Best Performances for Craig Bierko and Rebecca Luker, um, another Best Direction of a Musical, Best Choreography, Best Orchestrations, Best Scenic Design, and Best Costume Design. So just across the board, it's been renowned as an amazing musical and anytime it's been done it's just been amazing because there's i think like if you're putting effort into it there's no way to not do this musical well um because it just deserves that justice so i think this is a very very like great musical and i think if for nothing else meredith wilson deserves a lot of credit for the work he put into this piece yeah yeah i agree so it's that time again. It's that time of the year. Sorry, that's a Christmas song. I just got... Oh, and that was the song <laughs> that um, Jenna was going to have a rage stroke over. Oh, that's funny. That is that song. Oh, wow. That Full is just like Inception. Circle. So, okay, we're going to finish our drinks. We're going to come back. I'm going to not destroy my clarinet, but uh, Raven will be playing violin, and we're going to be playing Pick a Little talk a little which will be really fun because it's a really fast song and we're not gonna be able to do it i'm really Boo-doo, nervous because i know for a fact i'm not gonna be able to play this so um segue music activate i sweet my bad i would <laughs> say we did not discuss where we were playing two. yes we did to measure three like we were just doing the repeat oh Cool. That's what I did. Yeah. I, I think that's also, enough. I like squeak. I bad. agree. You're going to hear it. It's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Um. Okay. You just. The, yeah. So I'm assuming you expected this, but measures six, seven, and eight are going to be a little rough. Oh yeah. Possibly nine as well. We're going to play it once. That's fair. Do you want to stop at um, uh, eleven? Good night. Yes. Good night, ladies. Yeah, like like finish ten and stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. one note on ten, so <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, but yeah, no, this is going to be bad. I'm just. It's not going to be know. singing the rain bad, but it's going to be bad. It's going, yeah, c- correct. It's not going to be quite that bad, but it will right. be bad. Let's do it. Okay. One, hungry. two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, I stopped um, the measures before you. 
Do you want to try? I stopped at the end of 10. Yeah, I, I mean, I, did you notice when I stopped? I did, but I thought I was just behind. You are. Because that's how it's normally been. By like measures, is what I was yes. going to say. Do you want to try doing that again? Uh, do you want to try doing it again? I mean, I'm, I'm okay, I, I I'm definitely okay with... messed. There's some parts I like really didn't play. And I think I like got it. I did get one beat ahead in one spot, but I thought like, I, and there's just, usually I correct like what you're playing. There's no way mm-hmm. that was going to happen. Um, yeah, it's fair. That's um, fair. Do you want to just start at Goodnight Ladies? Yes. Okay. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. good that was not bad i think i sounded so good i agree okay that's it um okay so uh music man pretty good i think i would rate this musical a six or seven maybe a six and a half I I, i would rate it the same and but that's high that's high for you. That's because, like, I don't know. They, I mean, obviously, some some other musicals I definitely think that we've done have been like my favorite musicals of all time. So mm-hmm. I've already like put myself in a range um, that I'm going to stick to for some reason. That's fair. I can do whatever I want; doesn't matter. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to do it. I guess for me, it's like this musical is one that I definitely enjoy. So it's at oh, least yeah. a six. But it's like there are many that I've watched that I enjoy like while I like this musical there are many musicals that I like sing like more than this so yeah. six and a half seven yeah. I would agree cool um Raven where can people find us uh, so people can find us anywhere the podcast can be found Spotify Google Podcasts iTunes anywhere you like to listen to podcasts you can find us if you listen to this and you have thoughts like anything we didn't mention or other musicals that you want us to do um, feel free to comment or uh, email us your requests in your comments at boozicals at gmail.com so that's the name of the podcast at gmail.com or just at boozicals on Instagram oh yes I forgot about that so yeah um, um please if you enjoyed this uh tell your friends to listen as well and um yeah we hope to have you listen in the future yeah we'll go with that uh bye <laughs> you did such a good job Thank I'm, you. I, I'm into this ending